Hello, everyone. Welcome to Let Me Tell You About Evangelion, Progressive Edition. <laughs> I'm Ashley, and I'm joined by Luke. Hi. Hello. Hi. Hi. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so this is, you know, we we watched Fully Cooly. Uh-huh. Started off good. Yeah. Ended not great. Ended not the best. No. So... We thought that it would be fun to look at the uh, sequel series that I had never watched at all. Uh huh. And I don't. Have you ever watched any of it? I watched a little bit of it. So I. I think I said before I watched the first episode of each. I was wrong. I had seen the first two episodes of Progressive. This got advertised. This came out what last year or the year before? I think the year before. Okay. Because I remember it coming very suddenly. I remember the like seeing the trailer for it and being like, whoa, shit, I loved FLCL as a kid. This is great. Hell yes. So excited. No, last year. It was last year. It was last year. Okay. And, like, and the yeah. whole big thing was they're like, we're doing you know, the next season and also season three. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, whoa, wowzers. Um, there's so many good pillow songs that have come out since 2002 or whenever. Uh, but so I was pretty excited for it. They, so progressive is the first new season, and alternative is the second one. They, as far as I know, they have nothing to do with each other though. And the first bit that got released was the first episode of Alternative as like a tease of what's to come. Yeah, and I remember watching that and thinking, okay, that was all right, sure. Uh, and then Progressive came out, and I watched the first two episodes of it, and I wasn't really sure what to think and then it got to the fight scene at the end of two and we'll get to it but the animation quality is like it's fine yeah and that's when it really hit me like ah this just doesn't have what i want out of flcl and i just didn't bother watching the rest of it mm-hmm. um so yeah that that's all i had seen of it uh and then i watched i rewatched those two episodes and then the third episode for this and st- mm, huh mm. This <laughs> they they made this, huh? Yeah, uh if I had did not like FLCL as a kid. Yeah. But only had vague memories of it. Uh-huh. I think that what I would remember is yeah. what fully coolly progressive is. <laughs> I uh, I don't even mm, I'm not even sure that I hate this. I'm mostly just baffled by it. Yeah, it's I'm not sure how I feel about this. I'm mostly to hate confused. This, I would feel I'd have to feel much stronger about it than I currently do. I'm I'm uh, like hmm because part mm, I, I'm gonna be stumbling through my words a lot for this. I think. Yeah, I think that is the nature of what this is. Yeah, uh, it's it's a weird one, first and foremost. And yeah. weird in ways that FLCL wasn't. Yes. It's... I, 
it's almost like they looked at FLCL and said, okay, we got this this story about, you know, a horny adolescence. That's what this story's about. Yeah. Uh, and then, okay, well, we don't have the animation budget this time around. We can make some scenes look nice, but overall, just, eh, none is not there. So what can we do to really still amp things up? I know. Let's just make it way more BDSM-ish. But not yeah. like, hmm. Not uh, all the way that way, but enough of the way that way. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, in that ballpark. Definitely invoking some of that imagery. Uh, it does... They added more characters in this. They did. And also I feel like there's less characters. <laughs> yeah, I... Okay. Yeah, well, what do you mean? That there are more people. Right. But less people I care about. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Or even just less, not even people I care about, people I think I could, like, see as, like, oh, that's a a character. Yeah, well, so, again, like, to me, setting aside the places in which I think FLCL completely fucking blows it on what it's trying to do. Its story is, like, interesting. It's going for something. Mm-hmm. And again, like, it's 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 going for a home run, but it hits, like... It's one of those weird hits where, like, he hit the ball, but somehow the ball bounced into his face. Yeah. Uh, but, like... So it's got kind of an interesting, ambitious story. It's very beautiful to look at. The soundtrack's really great. Um... But, so because they can't, obviously the soundtrack's good in this too, but they don't have the visual element to really lean on, which means what they have left is, like, the writing? Mm-hmm. And it feels like they are trying a lot harder to flesh it out and, like, make it more coherent. And and I don't know if that's what FLCL needs. Yeah, like, I feel like it is trying to be more coherent, but also I feel like it is... Other than really uh, Haruha and Jinyu. Yeah. Like, it's hard to, like, what do these characters want? What do they... And, like, that is talked about, like... Right. Oh, these characters, like, maybe don't want anything at the moment. Right. But, like, it is... It is hard to get to root for them, (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it is a lot of... I mean, the the main character is kind of like Nauta, very uh, withdrawn, mm-hmm. and uh, just kind of... They're a very passive character, and then... But they don't but, get, they don't really get the, the same Nauta thing, where, like... I guess Nauta doesn't get that till later on, in, like, the second half, but I feel like Hidomi doesn't have much in the way of, like, f- feeling like she's becoming more active. If anything, the end of the, la- most, the last episode we watched is the opposite of that. Yeah. And I feel like in the first half, the people around Nauta were more interesting. Yeah. Like Mamimi and uh, Nina Mori were interesting. Right. And so it was, like, cool to see their stories and how Nauta's, like... In action bounces off of that. Yeah, yeah. And also, all of Nauta's like inaction and closed offness is trying to emulate 
like an adult in a way that does like that ultimately i think kind of doesn't work right with where it goes but like for those first three episodes at least like it also i, I would say for the entire series like it understands like wh- what his character is yeah her uh hidomori hidomori is hidomi hidomi no, it's hidomi uh hidomi is trying to as everyone says repeatedly, is trying to emulate a Sudari character. But it, I don't even think she is. I feel like that's people, like, like, projecting onto her. Yeah, I guess. Because she's not, like... Because, like, Asuka is, like, a very, like, stereotypical Sudari character, and that's not who Hidomi is. She's just quiet. Yeah. And depressed. Is she... Maybe not. Maybe she's just quiet and withdrawn. I don't know. That reads like depression to me, but maybe that's me projecting. No, like, yeah, like, I I was just wondering if there was something I missed. Like, oh, is she depressed? Right. But it mainly seems to go from her being very, very quiet to very, very horny. And those are her two... Those are her two states. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Extraordinarily horny. Uh, should we just get into the episodes? I I guess so, yeah, because it's hard to really talk about it comprehensively, because we don't know where it goes yet. Yeah. Whereas we did with with FLCL, and this one we're flying blind. Uh, so, every episode opens up with a dream sequence, basically. Yeah, and I will say, the beginning of this first episode, I was feeling pretty good about where things were going, because I think this is probably one of the best animated parts of the show... Yeah. And it's one of my favorite pillow songs. Yeah. Especially if you like favorite pillow songs of what hasn't already showed up in Fully Cooly before. Yeah, and like it's very evocative imagery, like yeah. her with the headphones and the giant horn. Yeah, so like she is wandering through this like destroyed city. Everything is like black and white almost. Uh, she has like a horn coming out of her head that's like red, and that's the only color in the scene. Her clothes are all tattered, and, like, chunks of her flesh are just falling off of her. Well, it, it's the red of the horn and then the blue of the headphones. Yeah, Which she yeah, has yeah. the cat ear headphones. Right. She's got the, these big, clunky headphones with cat ears and, like, LEDs on the on the earmuffs. Which I remember when this came out, there was, like, a big... Do you remember this? There was this big yeah. controversy because the person who designed that was like I didn't get paid for this but then like realized that like oh the the people I sold this design to uh-huh. are the ones who signed off of it and like I signed this contract that means I don't get the royalties for it. Bleh. And she's like monologuing like narrating over this that like oh the whole world has to be destroyed so it can be made beautiful. And and that kind of thing. And she, like, drops the line, nothing amazing ever happens here. Yeah. Um, and, and then at some point she realizes there is, like, a whole army of, like, medical mechanica irons chasing her. Yeah. And then she, and like, she yeah, uh, also says that she's in junior high, which makes her older than... Yeah, uh, I, don't, now to, I don't think we ever get their ages. She apparently is 14. 14? Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, still, still real young. Still real young, and they not do that much not, older than Nauta. Yeah, they do not that long after show just a bare shot of her ass. 
Yeah, uh-huh. Because she runs through the city, and then she kind of hits a dead end, because there's this giant... It's hard to tell what it is. It's just this yeah. weird lump on the earth that looks like it's made out of, like, very, like, old, like, dried-out flesh. Mm. Uh, but it's, it goes, it's, like, miles wide, and, like... It's almost like a scab. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, an eye opens and stares at her. And <laughs> that makes her start to go berserk and, like, her, you know, N.O. powers or whatever start activating. And the horn, like, explodes into, like, a capsule of machinery that surrounds her and, like, rips her clothes off. Which, yeah, get an ass shot of her. Uh, you just, oh, okay, yeah, this is FLCL, cool. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Thanks for, thanks for that, guys. <laughs> thanks for making me regret my choices right off the bat. Yeah. Uh, uh, but the the metal like clamps down on her and like replaces her rotting flesh with like a cool robot body. Yeah. I think this robot design's okay. I think it's good. Like I said, I think the animation in this sequence, gratuitous butt shot aside, is really cool. Yeah. Uh, and then she, with her new like robot angel body, she starts fighting the medical mechanica irons. Yeah, and she's got, like, something I like in robot design where it's, like, it makes no sense, but it's, like, the very small, like, like, point feet. Yeah, yeah, point feet are good. Um, and then she just kind of wakes up during this fight, right? Yeah, and the music goes, like, the music throughout has this, like, beep, beep, like, a little, like... Like a little chiptune part, yeah. Yeah, and that turns into her alarm. Yeah, the song is Thank You, My Twilight by The Pillows. Good-ass song. Yeah, and I, I like that, that it's... Yeah, where they make, it's like, good... the, the, like, outro to the song, like, diegetic in the scene. It's really good. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so she wakes up, gets dressed, and she's coming down the stairs, and her mom stops her before she comes down all the way. And says yeah, that with... she needs to say good morning before coming downstairs. Mm-hmm. And her mom's like, alright, alright, I'm gonna, gonna cue you to do it. Like, one, two, three. And uh, she just doesn't do it. Yeah. And Her mom yeah. is very, like, if I had to, like, assign her, like, something from the FLCL, like, first season, she's uh-huh. very much like the teacher. Yeah, very much. She's very silly and just kind of bubbly. Yeah. Uh, they run a cafe that is, like, doubles as their house. Yeah. Uh, so she's like, oh, I'll, I'll, like, make you today's special for breakfast. And she's like, no, I don't want anything. It's, like, rice and eggplant and... Yeah. It's... And, like, fish, it's weird. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, at some point during this, yeah, this is the first time the tsundere thing comes up, because her mom says, hey, I know you're trying to do, like, a whole tsundere thing, but, like, don't. Yeah. <laughs> and she, before she leaves, she finally says good morning, but it's like very, very quiet. Like, good morning. Yeah, come on. M- morning, mommy. <laughs> yeah, she does say morning, mommy. Yeah. In the, I did listen to a little bit of the Japanese version. She says mama in that one, which I think it's. I've seen it multiple times where like it's mama in the Japanese version. And it gets translated to mommy in the localization. Yeah. Maybe they're just trying to capture like what you know. I don't know enough about. Japanese it's like a, culture. a specific way to say yeah. mother, that is. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we're getting... Then, then you get kind of a... It's very similar to, like, the first shots of Haruko from episode one of FLCL. 
Yeah. Uh, where it's this character who we will learn is named Jin Yu is hanging out in her cool muscle car with a guitar in the back seat, uh, watching Hidomi through binoculars. Yeah. Uh, then we get something that I actually kind of like, which is like so, so often Hidomi is just presented as this like purplish blob. Yeah, yeah, with cat like, ears. Yeah, it's it's good, and she's just kind of like gliding through the frame while people that are just drawn like people are running past her like, oh, good morning! And she's just like, uh-huh, yeah, uh, 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 hmm, uh. Then we uh, cut to inside the school and uh, our kind of other protagonist, Ide. Yeah. Is, he's saying uh, some fully coolie shit. Yeah, he says about how the teacher stayed with him last night. Right, and was trying to pull something out of him. Yeah. And during this, you get a shot outside where there's a Vespa in the parking lot. Yeah. So you, you kind of know where things are going here. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so yeah, the teacher stayed over his house last night, and he's implying that they have some kind of relationship now, and his two friends, Marco, and I don't remember what the, the blonde kid's name is. Uh, Goro. Goro? Okay. Yeah, and they're just, like, freaking out that their friend is, like doing stuff with their teacher. Yeah. This is basically like if Nauta was like so cool with like Yeah. Uh with Haraha being uh at his house and doing weird stuff with him. Right, and just like bragging about it. He's got a ticket to an art gallery, uh or he's going off on this whole spiel about how, you know, it's like the finer things. I like that kind of stuff. Alright, you know what, I don't like that kind of stuff, but she'll think I'm sophisticated if I take her to an art gallery. Yeah. Uh, and they keep, like, trying to get more details out of him about what exactly happened, and, uh, I think first he just, like, suddenly stops talking and just stares at Hidomi when she walks in. Yeah, and and you get something that happened a lot with, in Fully Cooly, where he starts trying to like basically stare at her skirt and seeing her underwear. Yeah, yeah. You I get like a thi- zoom in of her like straightening up her skirt under her butt as she sits down. Yeah, I think it's actually done better than a lot of times in Fully Cool just because you don't actually see anything. Mm-hmm. It's just making it very obvious that like, oh, this is what this dude is search is looking at. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like it, it it's it, letting you know that he is looking at her that way without the show looking at her that way, necessarily. Yes. Speaking of and looking at underwear, though. Yeah, okay. <sighs> this is the first... Oh, okay. Uh-huh. So, he is, like, starting to get embarrassed about talking about the teacher, I guess because Hidomi walked in. Yeah. Uh, so he tries to change the subject to what Goro is wearing. And he's like, what? What's wrong with what I'm wearing? And, uh... Ide points out that he is wearing a skirt. Yeah. Uh, and he is, like, sitting, like, open legs so you can see his underwear and all that. Yeah, the skirt is riding pretty high up on him. Yeah. there's You're seeing, you're seeing just about everything. Yeah. And he's explaining, no, no, you don't understand. This is unisex fashion. It's what's in right now. I think his exact phrase like oh if you even say the word gender in the world of fashion they'll laugh you out they'll put you yeah. in a nursing home uh Ide is weirded out that he's wearing a skirt 
And uh, Marco, who just kind of seems very non-confrontational, is like, I don't know. I mean, if he wants to wear a skirt, just let him. It's fine. Who, who cares? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's... I mean, yeah, sure, I can see his underwear. That's a little weird, because, uh, I don't know. It's just, it's, uh, can we not fight? Can we just be buds? Yeah. And Ida's like, no, this is kind of weird. This right. is weird. Well, and specifically, Ida is less mad about the skirt and more mad that uh, Goro won't stop flashing him, basically. Yes. And uh, Goro's counter to that is just, I'm not flashing you. I'm just sitting here. That's your business if you're staring at my crotch. Yeah, and he's like, no, people are just naturally drawn to underwear. Right. And, yeah, that fight just kind of goes unresolved. The scene moves on. What a... What do we think about this whole thing? I feel like... <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But, yeah, what, what do you... Like, it's... Yeah. It's hard, because, like... Right. He is definitely sitting in a way that is, like... If I was wearing a skirt... Right. I would probably be crossing my legs. Sure. Uh, but also there's, like, I feel like there's a tinge of, like, isn't it funny that he is wearing a skirt and, like... But it's not, like, very pronounced in a way that, like, maybe I'm just reading too much into it. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing I had a hard time with. Because I will say, from the second the camera panned down to show that, I feel like I have been spending the rest of these episodes just clutching the arms of my chair, white-knuckled, waiting for it to get real bad. Yeah. And I feel like it never... I think this is the only time they ever even talk about it, right? Yeah. And then he's just wearing a skirt the rest of the time, and no one says anything. There is a... There's a weird line in that argument where Ida says to Marco, like, oh, so are all of your friends who, like, sleep on, like, park benches fashionable now? Yeah, he says something about, like, old... Uh, what? I, I think what he's saying is that, like... Oh, is it... I, I think what he's trying to get at is Goro is arguing that, you know, a man in a skirt is high fashion, and Ide is trying to accuse him of not being good-looking enough to pull off any kind of high fashion. And saying that, like, oh, yeah, like, this old fart who looks like a homeless guy. Do you really think you can pull this off, Marco? And then Goro gets mad at the insult. I think that's what it's trying to say. It's not... It, it almost feels like it's not translated super well, because it doesn't make a ton of sense to me. Yeah. It's... It's a weird joke yeah. that they're going for, and like you said, it never really... Nothing ever really comes of it. Yeah. Um, it's It's a... It's, it's a thing where, like, I want to be like, oh, it's cool that they just have a dude in a skirt. Right. But, like, they make enough a bit of a big deal about it in this scene where I'm like, I don't know where they fall on it. I don't either. It's weird. Because, again, like, they make a big deal out of it, but he's making a way bigger deal. Like, Ide's problem isn't that he's wearing a skirt, really. It's that he's wearing a skirt and not practicing proper etiquette with it. Like, I think he's yeah. weirded out by the skirt, but he's more weirded out that he's sitting spread-legged with the skirt. Yes. And, like, his, you know, like, everyone looks at, like, eyes are just naturally drawn to underwear is obviously, like, kind of him covering for, like... Right. He's a horny teen who just always looks at underwear. Yeah, definitely. I don't know, it's weird. And the fact that it just... I mean, there's three more episodes, maybe it'll 
be I don't know I don't know yeah like and I was waiting there's in the third episode which is like more of a beach episode I was waiting yeah. for there to be a thing where it's like oh the outfit that this guy wears is more feminine or something but right it's never, not really though he just kind of wears trunks doesn't he yeah 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 I don't know it's, yeah it's it's weird yeah but their teacher comes in at this point yeah. And based on the dialogue, you'd probably be expecting Haruko, but it's, yeah. but it's not. Uh? It's just it's just someone who sounds like Haruko. Yeah. It sounds like Haruko on Downers. Yeah. She's like, "Hello class, how are you doing?" Um, which this bit I've also watched in Japanese. So she's speaking English for most of this, which is why she's making them like repeat after her because they're mm. it, it's like a weird English lesson thing where she's like Hello, class. Repeat after me. And then they just say, hello, class. Repeat after me back. Uh, I'd still like that joke in English. Oh, yeah, it's good, too. Because I think that's part of the joke, also. Because then she says, sit down. And all the students just kind of, like, look at each other because they're already sitting. Yeah. Uh, And this is also just a small note. I like how varied the designs are of all the class students. Like, this is not a thing where it's, like, you can obviously tell who the, that, uh, Hidomi uh, is yeah. like a main character because she's got the cat ears. Right, but you're right. Yeah, if you look at this group shot, it's not a case where it's like everyone's wearing school uniforms except for the main characters. Yes. Yeah, you're right. I, I just always appreciate when anime does that or yeah. anything does that. Yeah, yeah. Um, Do we get a fake name? Listen, this teacher's Haruko in disguise. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we get a fake name for her. Yeah. Uh, they just refer to her as teacher. Right. She goes off on this monologue. She, about like, she's only been their teacher for a week, but she's already taught them everything they need to know. And she asks the class, like, what's the single most important thing for teenagers like you who don't have any kind of social power in the world? You. And she like points to Goro. And she goes like, I, I don't know. And she says, that's the right answer, because of course you don't know. And just, like, is on this very rapid-fire monologue about nothing, really, about basically how they're horny teens that just want to fuck and how are they supposed to understand the world? Yeah, and Hidobi is just looking at, like, line messages. Yeah, which aren't translated in the dub, which is a bummer. Which, they're translated later. Oh, are they? Yeah. Oh, weird. Okay. Yeah, it's basically all the students in class are, like, gossiping about the teacher staying at E-Day's last night. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's right, I forgot there's more text at the end of the episode. Right, right, right. Um, but she, yeah, Haruko gives this whole monologue and then moves on to her lesson plan for the day, which, um... Hmm. If hmm. you're wondering if uh, Haruko is still a sex criminal... <laughs> yeah, the answer... <laughs> The answer's very yes. She's, hmm, if anything, ramped up from ten years ago or however long it was in fiction. Yeah. Because she is now just showing porn to everyone. She makes Sidomi sit down, and everyone else is, like, sitting on the floor waiting for their turn. And she just plops a laptop down in front of Hidomi and makes her watch, um porn where you can hear the dialogue and it's like cho- like student teacher porn. Yeah. And she's just sitting there staring at Hidomi looking for any kind of reaction from her while she makes her watch a bunch of porn. 
Yeah, and... She's like, just going like, okay, next, ne- like, next right. video, next video, next video. Right, and ultimately she is disappointed because Hidomi does not react to any of it at all. No. And, uh, the boys are a mix of very anxious and very excited to get to look at the porn. Yeah. Uh, but she's, uh, she says she doesn't need to test Ide, so I th- I think the idea is supposed to be she's trying to see which of these kids are, like, sexually, like, awakened or whatever, because those are the ones she can target for her purposes. Yes. It's, uh... Yeah, uh-huh. It's, it's so much. It's so much nine minutes into this show. Yeah, I just, my note for that scene is just, this continues to be a lot, and then, like, 12 exclamation points. Uh-huh. That's the right number of exclamation points. I like that I'm watching it with closed captions, and the caption for the porn is just men speaking Japanese. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, I think it, it just cuts from there. You see that there's a medical Mechanica plant in this city? Yeah, she sits down, and the medical Mechanica building, like, activates. Yeah. And then it just uh, cuts to her after school, uh, helping out at her mom's cafe. Um, uh, there's a guy with like and a hat with like red hair and a dude with an eye patch. Yeah, the red haired guy kind of looks like Amaral, but like he'd be he looks younger than Amaral was in the first show. Yeah. Uh, uh, but they're like commenting like, "Oh yeah, I know she is a." I don't think they use the words who dairy, do they? No, they don't. Um, but, like, they are basically saying that she's that same thing of, like... Yeah. You know, oh, she's, like, real judgy of us. Right, oh, we love great. it when she gives us attitude, which, like, she's just kind of not... She's doing all of the things they're requesting. She's just kind of not responding to them or, like, chatting them up. She's very, like blank-faced expression, just walking back and forth, doing what they're asking. I mean, she does throw the towel she at the She does throw the towel at that guy, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, I think he makes the comment about how, oh, we love it when she's when she gets fresh with us, or whatever. It's gross and weird. Yeah. But, uh, then they're, Hidomi and her mom are closing up shop for the day, and a car starts to come in. Right? Is that what happens next? Uh, well, they start talking about, like, oh, like, maybe it's time we leave, like, maybe it's time we get over him. Right, yeah. Like, I don't and, think he's coming back. Yeah, and uh, her headphones are, like, whirring, like, more and more, like, like faster and faster and faster. Yeah. When she says the plant over there looks just like the other one, and it makes the yeah. same sound, so, like, I, I guess, well, okay. It, this scene, I think, is trying to imply that this is a character who lived in Nauta's city. Yes. Um, we're gonna see later on, there are more than two medical Mechanica plants on Earth. Yeah. Which then, like, got my brain, like, well, I don't know, she's got kind of the same hair color as Mama Me. Is this supposed to be her as an adult? Yeah, which, I don't think so. I don't think so either. I think there'd be more focus on her if that was the case. Yeah. Uh, but, it, it's again, very, like, echoing 
the scene from FL, the first FLCL where they're like about to argue on the bridge and the Haruko drives in. Uh, Adomi is getting upset about what her mom is saying about presumably her dad. Yeah. And then Jinyu comes in with her muscle car. She's not driving it. She's hanging out in the back seat while the car drives itself. Jinyu's got a pretty good style. Jinyu's real good. I like Jinyu. Jinyu's good, yeah. Uh, and she hits Hidomi with the muscle car. Yeah. It's like a Corvette. Yeah. And uh, it's very much like, it goes black and white, she's spinning around in the air, it's meant to look like when Haruko hit Nauta with her Vespa. Yeah. Uh, but Jinyu gets out and says like, oh, my apologies. A little more and she would have overflowed. Oh no, I'm so sorry, ma'am. Your daughter's going to be alright. Which is a good bit. Yeah. She's, like, very sorry that she didn't kill her daughter. Yes. Which is, you know, like, weird on purpose, you know? Yeah. Like, we don't know why that's an issue. Uh, but Jinyu said she's now wearing the her headphones, which came off when she got hit. Yeah. Uh, Hidomi's headphones, and... She says, oh, like, they're not even playing anything. Right. And then she, like, takes them off and sees that they have a Medical Mechanica logo on them. Yeah. And Jinyu starts to monologue about how, oh, you just use those headphones to block out the world. That's horrible. You shouldn't do that. I don't think you should wear those headphones. They're yeah. bad for you. Your body will start to rot away. And you're a normal person, so you're not horny for that. Yeah. <laughs> Oof. Yeah, what? it's... <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Jinyu just kind of gets in her car and says, just so you know, I take full responsibility for your daughter having to keep living. And warns her to stay away from the woman on the Vespa. Yep. And uh, her mom does go like, Oh, despite all that, she still was cool. <laughs> right, yeah, like, her mom's very angry that this woman did a hit-and-run on her daughter, but then just kind of also, oh, but she was really cool, though. <laughs> Same. <laughs> uh, and then what, Hidomi's just watching, like, YouTube in her room? Yeah, like, and it is, like, a weird thing where it's, like, actual video... Yeah, it's live action. It's very grainy and, like, not big in the frame, but, yeah, it's it's live action video. But, like, they also, like, put a filter over it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she's also got headphones on the wall, I just noticed. Oh, does she? Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, oh, th yeah, There's yeah. the implication that, like, she got those headphones from someone. Yeah, and, like... Oh, no, she says it was a gift, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, like, just based on the context clue so far, I'm assuming it was a gift from her dad? Yeah, that's Like, that I might be guess. a misdirect, but I would say, like, that's the obvious implication so far. Yeah. Oh, I'm saying, uh, yeah, she's got, like, a lot of music equipment in her room, which we don't yeah. see her use ever, but yeah. No. She's got, like, a big, like, keyboard. Uh, but she's, like, just thinking about stuff, and she suddenly starts remembering her dream, and her headphones start, like activating again. Yeah, and she's also, like, narrating about how she really doesn't know, like, what her dreams are or has any strong idea of, like, who she wants to be. Yeah. And uh, then, yeah, and it, yeah. Her headphones activate, she... the Medica Mechanica plant activates, and she, like, looks outside, 
and there's a robot. Yes. That just grabs her. Yeah. Or tries to. Right, right. It kind of, like, blows open their house. Uh, eventually gets her. This is a giant clam robot, because yeah. they're not subtle. No. Uh, it's, it's like a it, clam it, it, with tentacles coming out of it. The clam came from the guy. Yeah, that's true. That's different from last time. Because in, in the old FLCL, it was dick robots came out of boys and vagina robots came out of girls. Yes. Like, most of what we see from her... like It's also interesting that she has a giant horn. And like, I know that they're going for a horny thing. Right, but, but you're... A lo- yeah. It's... A lot of that was still phallic. Definitely. Like, that's... With the context of the old show, that's not, like, an avoidable thing. That anything long and hard is supposed to be a dick. Yeah. Um, but while she's running from the clam robot, uh, Ide just kind of gets, like, flung into the street in front of her. And we start to kind of figure out that... It came out of his head, like the robots in the old show did, out of Nauta's head. Yeah. Which, it looks a little bit like Nauta. Yeah. Like an older Nauta, with glasses. He gets thrown out of, like, the robot like he was attached to it, like Nauta was attached to it. Yeah. Like Conti at first. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they just kind of run. They run across a bridge while he's, like, holding her hand and dragging her because she's not running as fast. It's a lot of, like, shots that evoke FLCL1. Yeah, and he eventually just said that that thing, like, came out of me. Yeah. Uh, I think at some point during all this, you see that Haruko is, like, spying on them. But, yeah, they end up at a junkyard. Yes. And they're that's where we get the uh, seeds of Haruko, like, looking at them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, from the shadows, basically. Right. And uh, the robot kind of just corners them. Ide tries to sort of throw himself in front of it to save Adomi, which doesn't work. He just gets beaten up very quickly. Yeah. And then uh, Hidomi sees his battered body laying at her feet, and her headphones start to whir, and she starts to fantasize him as like a desiccated corpse. Yeah. And her forehead starts to glow. Yeah. Because that's the thing she's horny for. She just really wants to beat the shit out of this boy. Yeah. Until he's dead. Uh, That's what, yeah, that's what she's horny for. So her forehead starts to glow in the, I don't think you see it right away, um, what's coming out of her. Because, uh, do we even see Haruko? Like, does she come out of hiding in this scene? No. No, I think she's She doesn't fully come out of hiding until the very end. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um... Jinyu shows up and defeats the monster. She's got her own guitar. Yeah. Which we kind of set up as a joke at the end of the last one. I do like the guitars are just keyblades. Yeah. But uh, she, like, fully just drives the Corvette into it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it just kind of collapses off on the other side of the junkyard. And she goes, ah, I see. That's how it is, huh? Yeah. Um... Doesn't get it at all. Yeah. Why? 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 Don't worry. All right. <laughs> <laughs> we should. Why, we, why aren't we doing a pop team epic podcast? I don't know. <laughs> you, uh, you know what? I said that as a joke, and now I'm thinking about it and how awful that podcast would be. And that's yeah. Why. It'd, be, it'd be a really bad podcast. <laughs> There's nothing to say about it. It's just funny jokes. Like, oh, that joke's ex- funny. It would just be explaining funny jokes for an hour. Yeah. Uh, but, like, every shot that we get of Hidobi is, like, purposely, like, 
uh, like blocking off her head. Yeah. Until uh, Jidu says like, "Oh, I like it. Like I, you know, like that look you're going for." Right. And she steps in front of like a broken mirror in the junkyard and sees that she has a big old like red horn like from her dream at the start. Yeah. And she's like kind of like freaks out a little bit about like, oh shit, this is the. <laughs> yeah. But then it just cuts to the next morning. Uh, her mom's like, hey, sweetie, I'm just glad you didn't run away from home. But if you are going to run away from home, you should make, like, a big deal out of it. Maybe don't yeah. destroy the house, but yeah, like, do it with a bang. <laughs> a very nice mom. Yeah. Uh, Hidomi has a bandage blocking in the, the horn. Yeah, and throughout this entire scene, you get you hear just the sound of plates breaking. Yes. And Hidomi finally gets up to figure out why all the plates are breaking, and Jinyu is here in a, like... French maid costume. Yeah. And she is washing dishes, but then as soon as she washes a dish, she just shatters it. Yeah, like breaks it in half with her bare hands. Yes. And that's like one of the first times we actually see like Hidomi with like a like her face change at all from like her kind of like usual Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well like her face change when it is not like a life or death situation. <laughs> right. And uh, now, uh, Goro and Marco are questioning uh, Ida about all the bandages he has. Yeah. And he's like, I don't want to fucking talk about it. Or no, he's like, no, he's like, where do I even start? Yeah, he's just like, I don't even, uh, I'm so tired. Uh, but the teacher walks in and gives a very similar... Uh, version of the monologue she gave yesterday but kind of she's saying oh no I realize now that I'm wrong there's there's more to life than jerking off basically yeah and, and as she's doing that Hidomi is looking at the line chat again and everyone is just gossiping but they start accidentally like typoing so they say fully and cooly instead of the words they mean to be saying yeah until uh, eventually it's just fully cooly fully cooly fully which feel deep Here's a question for you. Yes. <laughs> this show, real horny. Yeah. Do you think they understood how horny that specific thing came off as? Uh, I'm not sure, actually. Because it's a very... I was pretty blind to, like, horny mind control stuff before I started hanging out with, like, Molly and other friends. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and now I look at this scene, I'm like, oh, this is, like, the horniest part yet. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but it's basically like the students are being like hypnotized by Haruko's monologue. Yeah, and Ida and Domi are not paying attention. Right. Uh, so they are not hypnotized, but like, yeah, everyone is, and her like voice is starting to go weird. And yeah, it's like slipping into the Haruko voice slowly. Yeah, and then she rips off her, like, latex mask and wig to reveal that she's been Haruko all along. Yeah. And the whole and, like, class erupts into cheers. Yeah, and it's obviously supposed to be, like, this really, like, ah, oh, yeah, like, she's back. Right, oh, f cool, the fun character from the fun show I liked. And I just can't be excited about it. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> I can't either. Like, I think her reveal is, like, 
coolish. Yeah, like, but but it's also very much like what she is doing is villainous, and what she's been yeah. doing the whole episode is villainous. Yeah, like again, she's already done a sex crime within the first ten minutes of the show. Yes, and I don't, I don't, I think you're supposed to understand that it's a sex crime. Yeah, but also she is constantly framed as though she's super cool. Yes, and it's hard to know. Where the boundary is between the show is deliberately, like, creating some dissonance there, and where the show just thinks she's cool. And given how the last show ended, I am not inclined to give it benefit of the doubt. Yeah. I will say that something to that plays into them giving it the benefit of the doubt is the idea that Ida and Hadobi are the only ones not taken in by her. Right. I think that, like, is a good concept of what you're going... If this person who is, like, this sex criminal... Yeah. If everything about her is, like, works except for... Like, that works. Uh, like, she has everyone under her spell except for... Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like, Haruko is definitely supposed to be the bad guy. It's just hard to... It, it it's yeah. the way they are framing this is impossible to take away from how this show came out, right? Which is oh, we're bringing back Fully Cooley, and like this is the first character from Fully Cooley One that appears, and it's there is going to be a moment where the people watching it who really love Horror Horica, yeah, are like reacting the same way as the students. And Very it's hard to so. say how much of that is commentary and how much of that is, hell yeah, let's do it. Right. Especially not knowing how this ends. Yes. Because um, I feel like, you know, the f- we, we, we talked plenty last time. The first show just completely drops the ball at the end and fails to really explore what it's saying. And it's kind of... It's not kind of creepy. It's extremely creepy. Yeah. Um, this show being like a revival of that show, I feel like would be a good opportunity. Because like ostensibly, the audience for this is people that watched the first show. Yeah. Which was a long time ago, when maybe they were Nauta's age. And it, and in a, a way to go with this would be to kind of make it like this time around the shine has completely gone off the apple and you see Haruko for who she really is, you know? Yeah. And you're kind of like, oh my god, what did I that, that wasn't, that thing from when I was a kid wasn't okay I just thought it was because I was a kid mm-hmm. and you could maybe build a narrative that way but I don't think that's what they're doing No even like, though Haruko is more explicitly evil in this one, I think. Yes. And I feel like people are more are less interested interested in her in this one. Mhm. Yeah. Or like the people that are super into her are portrayed as like dopes that like yes. are getting taken in by her. Yes. Which again also kind of problematic, for lack of a better word. Yeah. Because, like, 
That's pretty victim blamey. Mm -hmm. But like, at least it's it's taking the side of that's a bad thing to be happening. Yeah. Even if it's not necessarily... Well, I don't want to say it's not blaming the right people, because it is. It's just kind of also blaming the victims a little bit. Yes. For being taken in by her routine. I don't know. It. We'll see how this ends. I. I yeah. Would, I'm curious, but I am very, like, pessimistic. <laughs> but... Yeah, that, yeah, that's basically where I, I'm coming from on this. Yeah. Uh, then we get to the ED, which I like. The ED is really cool. Yeah. It looks like, uh, like, Haruko, like, eats Adamisk, like she's always wanted to, but then it, it kind of looks like she splits into Haruko and Jinyu. Yeah. Which kind of seems supported by some things Jinyu says later on. Yes. Like, it, it kind of seems like they're the same person. Yeah, it looks like they're, like, it, maybe that is why Haruko is being more villainous in this, is that, like, her good side, right. quote-unquote, is yeah. Jinyu. Yeah, like, this will become more directly relevant once we get to episode three, but my, like, impression is that basically, you know, in the old show it was, well, does she want to, does she love Adamisk, or does she just want to steal his power? And it almost sounds like they're saying, well, kind of both, and those two, like, motivations are split into two different people, where, like, Jinyu is in love with him, and Haruko just wants to use him. Yeah, and Jinyu is in love with him, but also realizes that he's bad for her. Right, or or that, like, he's too good for her, or, like, she's bad for him. Yes. In the ending credits, we also get bits from all the fully coolies. Yeah, it's like Haruko driving past just, like, a big uh, group shot of all the main characters from all three shows. Yeah. Which it goes... Uh, alternative old show progressive which yeah interesting that yeah they got put at the beginning the the characters from the show we haven't gotten to yet yeah it, it, it's it yeah i don't know what to you know do about it but or say about it yeah uh so on to episode two yeah so we get another dream sequence uh this one is zombies yeah it's like the frame rate is lower and it is a bunch of like zombie animals like eating each other and uh Hidomi is narrating this but in like a very bubbly like almost baby voice yeah which is nothing at all like what she normally sounds like uh she's very excited that society has collapsed and everyone is zombies eating each other now yeah and they're like Oh, like, you can't eat that anymore. Like, don't you know, like, everyone's eating each other. <laughs> right. And, like, you see Hidomi's corpse, like, floating downstream as a bunch of zombies kind of come out of the rubble. Yeah. It, oh, like, I guess, it, oh, it's like a, a, one of those zombies is Goro. Are all the zombies just, like, your classmates? Yeah, no, all, I just missed all that the zombies time. are her classmates. Yeah, okay. That didn't uh, ping with me the first time around. Yeah. Uh, and they all just kind of... She comes to life, and I think she f tries to, like, eat one of them, but then they all just tackle her and start eating her. Yeah, and it is in a way that is, one, it's very, like, gory. Yeah. Uh, but, like, the way that she is first, like, the way that she attacks the zombie Goro uh -huh. is, like, she is, like, 
legs on his like shoulders and so like yeah biting his head so like her crotch is like right in front of his mouth right right um when she first like jumps up out of the water and like roars it cuts to her asleep in her bed and she's smiling yeah and then yeah she starts eating goro but then as she's doing that the other zombies like i think the zombie marco starts biting into her yeah like on her thigh yeah, and then, like, Goro rips her arm off, or rips her leg off, and then, like, swings her around by her other leg and throws her against a wall. Yeah, and they have just, like, fully eaten her. And it's interesting to note that, like, once they've eaten her, they do not eat each other. Yeah, that's true. I, I This is, it, it's, all of her dreams are weird sex dreams. Or at least this one in particular is a weird sex dream. Yeah, they they completely devour her. She's still narrating it about how, like, and then I was completely gone and there was nothing left of me at all. And um, also there's, like, a weird bit of, like, her acting like this is a documentary. Like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. But all that's left is her horn. Yeah, the, the horn is left behind and zombie Ida finds it. Ida. And he drops down to start eating it, and as he, like, gets closer to it, his skin, like, like comes back to life, kinda. Yeah. And just before he touches it, uh, she bolts up right in bed, her, like, super flush in her face. Yeah. Because it's a sex dream. Because every part of her got devoured other than the part that represents her genitals. Yeah. And he was about to touch them. Yes. Uh, and so then we cut to where her, uh, downstairs, where her mom is trying to teach, uh, Jinyu about how, like, no, you need to, like, mix it in front of, like, the customer. It's called, like, the mix mix for a reason. And Jinyu just has, like, curry and rice all over her. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, Hidomi's mostly just kind of ignoring them as she gets her shoes on to go to school, and Jinyu is trying to warn her about Haruko, but gets, like, dragged back into the kitchen to be taught more things to cook. It just, it just all she's saying is just, like, you know, watch out for the woman on the Vespa. Yeah. Uh, they go to school. Everyone's still uh, hypnotized. This is actually a bit I really like. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and also there is, like, another quick dream sequence where she's imagining herself as the zombie at her desk. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Haruko comes in and is, uh, like, she's in, like, a cool, like, biker jacket at first, but then the lights go down and then come back up and she's got, like, a priest. I don't know what you call that outfit. Yeah, like. She's dressed like a priest. Yes. And she's, like, talking about, like, oh, adults are the worst, but I'm an adult, so, right. like... So I apologize on behalf of adults. We're so terrible. Uh, and all of, like, the kids are crying and, like, basically, like, worshipping her. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, and then she goes, like, oh, also, the yearbook is done. <laughs> right, and they all get super excited to see the yearbook... Uh, and start looking at it, and they're seeing all these photos of great memories they've had with their teacher Haruko all year long. Yeah. But Domi looks at it, and it is just full of crayon drawings that uh, Haruko did. I like this a lot. Th- yeah. That's, that's really good. Yeah, 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 definitely. 
Like, it is all, like, just that hard, like, first it's her just hitting people with baseballs. Yes. Uh, and then it is, and also I just like the idea of her, like, drawing, uh, these drawings, like, in her spare time, like, at home, like, okay, like, I need to... Yeah. Uh, and also, this could also work as part of her, like abusive nature where right. she is like gaslighting people like no i was always there yeah exactly yeah yeah and, and like remember all the good times we had right and like you said the photos start off where it's just like they're playing baseball but then they get real weird real, real fast where it's yeah she's hailing a ufo they're turning the whole school into a bonfire they had a like spoon bidding contest and she broke all of the opponent's fingers right and Hidomi is just kind of weirded out. Ide is not here today. He's absent. Yeah. Uh, but Hidomi is just kind of weirded out, and you see that Haruko is watching her be weirded out, and is like, ah, gotcha. Yeah. And everyone is, like, singing uh, like a song <laughs> that they would sing, like, at a bonfire. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Hidomi leaves the classroom, and Haruko, in the hallway, drives up next to her in the Vespa, and just says, like, hey, I've got a worksheet for Ide. Can you deliver it to him? Yeah. And uh, Hidomi kind of is like, I don't... Why do I have to do it? And Harkin says, like, well, it's because you like him, don't you? You're friends. And she, I don't think she really reacts at all. She just kind of grabs the paper and leaves. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this episode's about to get real weird. Yeah, it is. Oof. Uh, but before it gets super, super weird... Right. One, they go by, like, uh, she walks out... I guess school doesn't matter what your teacher is. Right. Uh, but she goes by this, like, weird amusement park. Yeah, there's, like, a spider ride thing and, like, a dodo. And, like, a little kid is complaining that it's a boring park and his mom is just like, well, it's a pretty old park. They need to update it. Yeah. But then she keeps walking and the... Clam robot from last episode is like has a giant cartoon bandage on it and is like a crossing guard for very tiny children. Yeah, and like she sees it and like reacts like huh, and it just kind of like waves at her. Yeah, it's it's fine. I I like that. I think that's a good joke. It is. Yeah. There's a little like it's a good joke. There's part of me that's like it's a little diminishing returns because that joke literally happens in FLCL with Conti. Yeah, but like. I don't know, like, Conti was a character by the time that he did, that that joke happened to him. Sure. I just like the idea that, like, it, as we see with this, where we're like, oh, this robot's just, like, having its own life. Yeah, definitely. I will say, too, uh, I, I, we touched on it at the beginning of this. It is just a bummer to me that this just, do, like, it doesn't look bad. But yeah, it does not look as good as the old show, even a little bit. And, like, I understand that it just can't. Yeah. Without, like, seriously sacrificing people. Or, yeah, just having, yeah. yeah. Or, like, putting way a lot of money into it like they did the first one. Right. But, yeah, it is just a bummer that, like, that was one of the things that Fully Cooly had throughout. Right. Kept working for it. Well, and even if you take out, like, the really fluid, beautiful animation stuff, like, 
just the filmmaking is a lot more basic in this, too. Yes. Where there's no, like, interesting cuts or, like, weird shit. It's all very, like, structured and almost... Like, the episodes are almost formulaic. Yeah. And... And like, there's nothing wrong with that, but after the first show was just so ambitious in every way like that, it's it's a bummer. Yeah, and like like you said, like it's not even animation. It's like the cinematography is not as interesting, which is like you said, a bummer. Yeah. Uh, all the shots that they're doing are just very basic. Yeah, yeah. But uh, Hidomi, the, the sun is starting to set, and she gets to a very bad part of town. Yeah. Like, just a shanty town. And, uh, there's, like, people lying in the street. And she gets approached by the eye patch guy from the cafe in the last episode. Yeah. And he's like, hey, good luck. Oh, you're out here. How about you come with me and become a pro? And, uh, they don't... He does they not don't... elaborate on what that means. Yeah, but, uh, Marco and Gora show up and they're like, hey, fucking stop talking to her. <laughs> Right, and uh, the eye patch guy sees Marco, and recognizes that he uh, his line is like, "Oh, you've got Latin blood, don't you? You could be a pro," which is weird. Uh huh. And he starts just like caressing Marco's arm. Yeah. And uh, they just kind of ditch Marco with this guy. Yeah. Which is not a good thing to do. No. <laughs> Should have made sure he was safe. Yeah. As like, far as we can tell, it kind of works out, but no. Yeah. Like, it, we'll learn more about, a little bit more about this eyepatch guy in episode three. Yeah, yeah. That he is maybe, like, obfuscating some stupidity here or creepiness. Right, well, like, this scene is very clearly trying to imply that he is trying to recruit them for sex work. Yes. Uh, whereas, yeah, I think next episode kind of implies he was maybe trying to recruit them for something else. Yes. But they don't know that. <laughs> yeah, no, they, they they should be better friends. Yeah. Uh, but Goro kind of leads Hidomi to where Ide is, and he starts saying, like, hey, uh, I hope you're ready to see the real Ide, because, uh... Well, it'll be easier if I show you. And he pulls away part of a fence to reveal a, like, construction site or, like, a junkyard. It's like a junkyard. Yes, it's a, it's it's a, it's not a construction site because I, they're not really doing much here. I guess they're <laughs> just moving cars, but... Yeah, I, I think it's just to be a junkyard and they're trying to, like, sort the garbage. But uh, after you get this shot of these, like, cranes set across this, like, blood-red background. Yeah. You hear a man yelling at a team of workers, uh, and they come dragging a beat-up car chassis out of a warehouse, and he's, like, yelling insults at them. He has a whip, and is whipping them? Yeah. And one of them is Ide. Yeah. And the music is, like, hard rock in this part, and he's, like, saying some very cruel things to this middle school student. Yeah. Uh, he, like, falls down when he gets whipped, so he gets up and, like, rips his shirt off to reveal that he's very ripped. Yeah. Uh, and Goro kinda talks about how, like, it's not normal for a middle schooler to be that muscular. Yeah. Like, 
he has a very beautiful body, but also it's kind of sad that he needs to have a body like that. Yeah. Um, but also, I'm jealous of his body, because yeah. I'm overweight, and he's looks like, uh, you know, a bodybuilder. Yeah. It's a lot of emotions all at once. Yeah. There's... I feel like there's implications that, like, Gro is at least somewhat interested. I could see that, Reed, yeah. At least that's part of the read I got, but... Yeah. I'm, again, not sure how... Uh... Like, that it's supposed to be. It's it's really hard to say. Yeah. And part of me wants to say, like, these shows aren't subtle about their sexual themes. Yeah. In a way that, like, the fact that it feels ambiguous is enough to tell me that, like, oh, there's nothing there. Yeah, Because, like, they are not shy about when a character is horny for a character in these shows, you know? Yeah. That's fair. Uh, but anyway, he is, Edith now trying to sell certain, uh, things. Yeah, he's made, like, an airsoft gun out of junk, I guess, but it only, it, it shoots pebbles that have been, like, marbleized, and he's also selling a pebble marbleizer so you can have ammunition for it. Yeah. This bit goes on for a while. It does! He's given the whole, like, sales shtick for this thing. It's like some slap-chop shit. Yeah. Uh... And the, the guy, like... He hands it to a guy to test out, the guy just shoots him. Right, he starts shooting him. So this bit confused me enough that I watched the Japanese version with the subtitles to try and make sense of it. In the original version, this guy shooting him is speaking English the whole time. Okay. And in the so in the Japanese version, Ide is saying, he says stop in Japanese a few times, and then starts saying stop in English. And Goro starts tearing up that, like, stop it is one of the phrases that Ide knows how to say in English and what that implies about Ide, that that's something he knows how to say in a different language. Ah, okay. Yeah. Whereas in in the dub, where they were trying to, like, preserve that, and maybe don't do the best job, uh, this guy is speaking Japanese subtitled, and Ide is saying the Japanese word for stop. Yeah. And, like... It's kind of the same thing, but it's it's an awkward thing to have to translate. Like, I don't really fault them for not totally getting it across. Yeah. Um, but it's it was just kind of confusing in English, and it sort of made sense in Japanese. Yeah, it, 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 something that makes it more confusing is that, like, they don't try to hide the fact that this is taking place in Japan. Right, so it's like... I, Implicitly, I understand that all these characters are speaking Japanese, so why is this guy literally speaking Japanese? Did they, like, what, did they lose the rights to this guy's, like, voice or something and just had to use the original audio or something? What's going on? I don't get it. Yeah. Um, so it, it makes more sense when he's speaking... I, a language it, yeah. that is everyone is not implicitly supposed to be speaking. Right. Like the... Yeah. Exactly. So. Uh, difficult thing to translate. Uh, yeah. I don't blame them for not doing a good job, but they didn't do a good job. No. Um, I, don't know, I don't know what a good job would look like, though. Honestly. Yes. Like, I guess maybe make him speak, like, Italian or something. Just a totally different language. Yeah. Uh, we, we talked about in the last couple episodes how great localized FLCO the first one was. Yeah. And I feel like this one is not as well localized, and part of that I think it's just the changing nature of 
anime. Uh-huh. Like, I feel like in every Toffel sale, they would come up with some different phrase for Sudairi. Yeah, they might have. That's true. Yeah. I, but also, I feel like the, like you said, the changing nature of anime and all that, like, the audience for the dub of this show knows full well what Sundere means. Yes. So, like, there's not really a need to translate it. Yeah, like, I, I, I think that's just something to, interesting to think about. Yeah. Definitely. Um, I also feel like this one is not as, like, pop culture heavy as FLCL no. was. So it's a little... They don't need to be as smart with the localizing. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, he starts getting beat up by this dude. And yeah. yeah. He, uh, Hidamori is... Or Hidomi. I keep on saying Hidamori. <laughs> yeah, you keep throwing an extra syllable in there. Yeah, Hidomi is watching him get the shit beat out of him and starts flashing back to when he was being whipped earlier and starts, like, hyperventilating and blood starts gushing out of her nose... Because she is very horny for this boy getting the shit beaten out of him. Yes. <laughs> Which, you know, some people are into that. That's not... Yeah. It's just... Hmm. <laughs> it's a choice. Yeah. <laughs> to make that, like, her one character trait. She, yeah, she... She is supposed to be the main character. Yeah. I feel like she has less characterization than... Like... Any of the female characters from Fully Cooly. Yeah, yeah, because, yeah, she's quiet, she's listless, and she's real horny for violence. Yeah. Both to herself and others. And even then, like, I feel like you could understand, like, now to, like, with, like, oh, his brother went away, so he's trying to fill his brother's shoes, but, like... Yeah, and you do get a sense that, like, she has some kind of complex about her dad leaving, but it's not as central of a concept as, as Toski was in FLCL. Yeah. And, like, with this episode, you definitely get more into, like, what Ida is all about. Right. Because I guess, like, mapping it onto FLCL, this would be the equivalent of the Mamimi episode. So it's, this is the Ida episode. Yeah. But it's not, like, nearly as well done as Firestarter was. Yeah. And, like, Ida is, like, his thing is just that he's a good dude. Yeah. Which is less interesting. A good dude who really wants to have sex with his classmate. Yeah. Just really badly wants to. I also feel like maybe this is me showing my ignorance, but this whole junkyard scene feels exaggerated to a point that, like, it's hard to be invested in it. Yeah, like... Like, it's when, not, when is... Boss literally has a whip and is whipping them. That feels, like, oh, too much? Yeah, it feels like it is supposed to be comedic, almost. Yeah. And again, like, the hard rock almost makes it, like, oh, it's kind of sad that he's in... That he's has to have a job, like, doing hard labor, but also, isn't he kind of cool? Like... Yeah. I, I felt... I sympathize for Mamimi and Firestarter so much more than I do for Ide because I don't think the show does as good of a job as of like selling the sadness of his circumstances. Yeah, and like it's something that they like made us feel bad for Mamimi because she is also doing horrible shit in that show. Right. Uh 
So, like, the fact that, like, Ida, who is just a horny teen, which is, you know, fine. Right. Is also, is, like, has this horrible situation, but is not as, like, oh, man, like, I really feel for this dude. Right, well, and it goes from showing his horrible situation immediately into the weird sales pitch stuff. Yeah. Which then makes it hard to take it seriously when he gets beaten up immediately after that. It's like, I don't... This scene feels like it's being played for laughs, but also, like, I'm supposed to feel bad that he's getting beaten up, and, like, it doesn't feel like it has a consistent concept of what it wants this to be, tonally. Yeah. And, like, the old show could, like, ping-pong really fast between tragedy and comedy, but it felt, like, directed and coherent in a way that this doesn't, really. Even though this feels more coherent overall. This feels, like, logically and, like, like plot coherent uh, to a greater degree, but it doesn't feel as emotionally coherent. Yes, that's a good way to put it. Uh, so then we go, like, we get the commercial break, and it cuts to him putting, uh, like, various, like, tissue paper up her nose to, like, stop the bleeding. Right. And I feel, and, like, he's kind of staring at her legs, and... I feel like with better staging and, like, really, like, just better directing that this could have been, like, a good moment between the two of them. Yeah, well, so, like, it it opens on a shot of her thighs, and she's kind of squirming and making noises that sound sexual. Yeah. Um, And you're just seeing, like, his face blushing and her body squirming, and then eventually you see that he is, like, holding a tissue in her nostril to soak up the blood. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it, I don't think it works, as is. I don't think it works as, like, a joke of, like, oh, they're having sex, oh, they're not. Right. But, like, I also don't think that it works as, like, kind of what it wants to eventually go for, which is, like, this kind of small moment between the two of them. Right. And I think a part of that is just due to its very basic framing in the way that it is just not that interesting directed yeah that it and like partly because we were just part of that whole weird scene where it's like oh he's getting beat up in somewhat comical ways in, in ways that weren't exactly well localized and she got horny for it and now like this is happening that like it just all doesn't work together yeah and also I, you're right about all of that. I also feel like holding the tissue up to someone's nose isn't really a thing people do, so it just seems like a weird thing for him to be doing. Yeah, I, I agree with that, but like I also think that if you did it in a certain way, it would feel like them connecting. Yeah, I think you could sell it, but like they are playing with a handicap, and they're not good at playing in the first place. Yes. We're like, this is a weird thing for a character to be doing, and you don't have a take on it that makes it work. Yeah. Uh, his mom comes in, and... Uh, like, goes like, oh, you got another woman in here. Like, oh, when I was your age, I was quite the play. And then she gets kicked out. Right, and she kind of laughs. Yeah. Uh... And then he kind of takes out the art gallery ticket and asks Domi if she wants to go with him to it. He's like, well, now that, like, our teacher is, like, a weird sex criminal, 
Right. Well, I kind of got the impression, too, that, like, he's had a crush on Hidomi for a while, and, you know, obviously Haruko did something to him, but yeah. he was maybe playing it up a lot to try and, like, to, to get the reaction that he got out of his friends. Yeah. Uh, so now he's actually asking out the girl he's interested in, and she just kind of says, like, oh, thanks for asking, but no. Yeah. And he continues just to stare where her underwear is. Right. And then uh, he, we just get a shot of his face kind of looking away, and from off screen she starts to say, like, suddenly her voice kind of perks up, and she's like, well, I guess it would be okay if I went with you. And, like, kind of, kind of suggestively, kind of... Yeah, and uh, he takes he, that as Ugh. like a full loop in. I'm gonna dive at you so that my underwear comes off and just go for it. Right, but uh, instead of her stopping him, the word "cut" drops in from above the frame and like knocks him out of the air. And Haruko just like kicks the door in is like all right good job everybody let's well let's reset for another take kick the door in. she's like hanging from the ceiling oh that's right yeah yeah she like repels from the ceiling and she's like wearing like a like a special hat like a directory hat and she's like okay take it from the top this is like the next cut the final cut right and uh she goes like opens the door leaves and uh then you just hear her like, watching what sounds like a sex scene between the two of them on a monitor or something? Yeah. Um, his room is also weird, because it's, like, full of scaffolding and stuff. Yeah, and, like, a lot of tools. Yeah. Uh, and then he, like, goes to, like, yell at her, and his window, like, gets knocked in and knocks him down, and it's, uh, Jin Yu. They do have a moment kind of before that when they're just, like confused about what just happened and like Hidomi kind of finally notices that he took his pants off and gets embarrassed yeah it almost I don't know cause like the line where she like does a 180 and says I'll go with you sounds out of character for her like it's not her doing the normal Hidomi voice yeah and then his reaction to it is so ridiculous that I is the idea supposed to be that like Maybe some of Haruko's brainwashing is affecting them or something. Yeah, it's hard to tell. Yeah, because like, clearly she is trying to force them together. Yes. Because that was like the whole thing with her sending Midomi to give him the worksheet. I don't know. Uh, and then Jinyu and Haruko have like a conversation with where Jinyu's basically just talking at her and Haruha is, like, doing word games. Right, doing very much like the, the manga kanga lunch Hawaiian punch thing from the first yeah. one, where she just keeps twisting everything Jinyu says while Jinyu's trying to be serious. And then uh, Haruko finally responds to her and they're like, oh, wait, shit, I messed up the game. Yeah. Uh, but we see that the Corvette is now a robot. Yes. The Corvette's pretty cool. Yeah, the Corvette's pretty good. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty mixed on this whole thing. The Corvette, though, thumbs up from me. Yeah. It, it is a good, like, if you're going to do something else other than the Vespa. Yeah. Uh, it works. And the Corvette grabs uh, 
Hidobi and uh, Ida tries to like jump in, jump after her, but he is now on a leash. Yeah, at some point Haruko like put a dog leash on him and like drags him back and then like swings him around like a flail. Yeah, because again, weird, weird choices about yeah. like uh, mm, I based on the way the old show portrayed sex, I might have thought maybe the thing to do for a future show is uh, maybe make it less mm, pedophilic. But they went for, instead of that, why don't we just make it more kinky? Yeah. You're the... You're the showmakers, I guess. Uh... Yeah, it's just... It's hard to say anything new other than, like, it sucks. Yeah, it's... Mm. Well, again, like... Okay. Would you... Would you say what we've watched of this one so far? Like, pretend we didn't just have such a downer time with the first show. Just looking at this one, do you feel like, ugh, this is gross and I hate it so far about this one? I guess the context of the last one is... Right. ...calling a lot of it. Definitely. Because so far, I feel like if you're just looking at this one, it is definitely in some weird territory that I have very complicated feelings about. Yeah. I don't think it's quite gotten to... Uh, I'm not disgusted by it, by like I was by the first show by the end of it, you know? Yeah. I'm not... I don't find it reprehensible yet. No, not yet. And, like, maybe I won't ever. That'd be nice. Yeah, but like like I said, it is colored enough by its previous one that like, I don't want to give it the benefit of the doubt. Very much. Absolutely. It, uh, it makes all of this stuff feel... Uh, it, it, like I said, it's hard to give it the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, and like... Even though probably it's got a very different creative team behind it. Like, I'm sure it has some of the same people, but probably a lot of different voices went into this one. Yeah. But, eh, it's... Yeah, it's too colored by the way that last show ended. And it is not impressive in the ways the last one was that right. it, like overcomes that. Yeah, it doesn't have the flash to distract you from the weird sexual themes. It does have the flash, and it doesn't have the characters. No. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now we get a fight scene between Jinyu and Harha. Yeah, and this was specifically the scene where I turned it off the first time I watched it, because they, like, turn into, like, Dragon Ball Z, like, light auras, and the animation is just very... It's Again, it's not bad, but, like... You can imagine what this fight would have looked like in the old show, where they are just, like, bouncing off of each other and, like, like zigzagging through the sky, and it would look really cool. And here it's just, like... Uh, it's very Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. It's... They're... They're, yeah, they're moving. Uh, we see that uh, the... Um, clam robot is, like, having a beer out of, like, a stall with the eye patch guy. Yeah, yeah. And then eventually Jinyu gets a call from Hidomi's mom. Right. That's a good joke where she's just like Hidomi's mom is mad that she's not showed up for work and she's like, "Listen, I'm busy." Yeah, like <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I'll be there soon. I think she is like doing a paid delivery d- service for her food. Yeah, yeah. And she's like, "Sorry, I'll be right back into that. I just need to you know, take care of this. Right. And eventually she just hangs up on her. 
uh, Harha hits Ida and it brings the claim robot back. Yeah. Which, again, I get that they aren't going to design a new robot each time. Right. But, like, man, you think about, like, the... Well, and technically they did design a new robot for this one because we're seeing the, the Corvette robot for the first time. That's true. But, like, it almost feels like they're trying to capture the magic of, like, oh, wow, wasn't it cool in FLCL when you just have the hand fight in the first episode and then the rest of the robot the hand was attached to the next time. But it's just, you already saw the whole robot, so it's not, you know. I like the gag about you see the uh, robot get sucked into a black hole as it was drinking a beer. Yeah, that is good. And this is that's kind of the first time you see what something getting NO'd somewhere looks like from, like, the that perspective yeah and uh, uh while they're fighting Jinyu is giving some dialogue about how like you can't do this alone because you you know that you can't because you and I are one yeah and Haruko and like that's the first hint other yeah. than the ED that they are the same person right uh the Corvette like transforms from a robot to like a full-on, like, fighter jet. Yeah. Uh, that Hidomi's in, and she, like... It's just a lot of, like, rockets and her screaming. Mm. The rockets are animated well enough. This, like... I think they're doing well with the animation with, like, what they have. It's just... Yeah. When so much of the appeal of the old show was, like, wow, this animation, and, like... Some scenes are just done in different styles just to experiment. Yeah. And it's... That's not here. Yeah. Yeah, like that, the, the first season seemed, like, experimental. Sometimes for just the sake of being experimental. Right. Which and is this one neat. is... Like, they have the idea that they are going for, and that is what they're going to stick with the entire time. Right. It, it's going to be well animated for what it is, but it's going to have a pretty normal budget, and it's, you know, yeah. Like, I'm looking, a lot of this fight, the background is just speed lines. Yeah. Uh, I have a note that's just like, this fight scene is okay, I guess. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, at some point, like... Jinyu kind of puts Hidomi inside the, the car uh, and yeah. then brings out all these little drones with lasers. Yeah, that and keep Parha busy and Jinyu is like, I told you not to get involved with that woman. Uh, she's just going to lead to your death. Yeah. Uh, uh, and Hidomi's like, oh, my death. And then she sees Ida getting shocked more and more. Right, which gets her horny which again. Which starts thinking about her dream where she gets ripped apart because she also is thinking about her death. Right. Well, I think because also when he gets electrocuted, he's got a big cartoon skeleton. Yeah. So which is making her think about the skeleton she dreamed about. And yeah, she's... Her face is flushing, her her earphones are whirring, her nose starts bleeding. Uh, and her horde starts, like, activating. Yeah, it, like, grows super big, like, busts through the roof of the car, the medical mechanica plant activates and uh, like just like junk is being lifted up out of the air everywhere that part I think is very well animated I, th- I really like yeah. that part yeah there's like bits and pieces where it's like okay that last scene looked bad so this one could look good yes uh, 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 Jinyu says something about how like wow she's so horny she's overcoming the like her inhibitors 
Yeah, like, I, I almost got the... I thought for a bit that, like, the uh, headphones were the inhibitor. Yeah, I it's, think that's the idea. Okay. That, that's only how I took it. That's that, something like, that happens with the headphones that I was, like, weirded out by the next one. Well, yeah, that, yeah, but that's almost like the headphones are, like, pulling double duty to inhibit her, right? Yeah, I guess that's fair. Yeah, like, it, it seems like Hidomi is maybe not human. Yeah. Or, you know, it's hard to say without having seen the last three episodes. There's something going on with her. Yes. Uh, it seems like she has a pretty deep connection to Medical Mechanica that goes beyond the headphones. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. She turns into a little robot. Yeah, like, her, her horn, like, vacuums up all of this junk. And, yeah, it's it's kind of evoking her dream from the first episode, but instead of turning into a cool robot angel, she's, like, a two-foot-tall, like, chibi robot doll. Like, all the parts don't really fit together right. Yeah. And she's got, like, a I, button eye. I think this is a really good design for this robot. Yeah, I like it. I, I guess I... I, I guess it was unfair for me to say that they only have one design for a new robot. Yeah, when yeah. When this robot's also new. That's true. Yeah, I also like, the designs on this show are still good. Like, there are still talented visual artists working on this show. Yes. Uh, there's a weird cut where it, like, goes... Uh, like, oh, like, the robot touches Harha, who's, like, touching it, and she goes, oh, no, touching. Right. And then there's an explosion, but it feels like there's already, like, part of the explosion that has happened, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think, because, like, the robot lands in a crater that I think was just created. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, where there's just, like, clouds already in the... Yeah, that is a weird cut. You're right. Huh. And, like, it... I think what you're about to say is that, like, oh, that was the dust made by the crater that just happened. Yeah, but I don't think they set that up. Yeah, and it... It's such a, like, spherical shape that this explosion takes. Yeah. That, like, there is that moment of, like, edit, like, wait, what just happens? It doesn't, like, the explosion happening happens, like, right like, after that. Like, that almost looks like uh, that shot used to be, like, a second longer and they cut it down for some reason. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the explosion sends Haruko flying. The robot created the explosion and, like, climbs up out of the crater and, like, runs after her and jumps up and is gonna deck her in the face. But then she misses and hits herself in the face instead. Yeah. And this is one of the few times that we've seen, like, Haruka, like, actually be, like, knocked out. Yeah, yeah. But then, like, punching herself in the face makes Hidomi turn back into her human form... Uh, blood gushes out of her nose, and everyone just kind of collapses to the ground. Yeah. Which is... It's a weird bit where it's it's fully coolie logic, where, like, right, Haruko just crashes to the ground, because she's Haruko. That's fine. Yeah. And then, like, Ide drifts down like a deflated balloon or, like, a feather. But, like, Jinyu has to catch Hidomi. Yeah. Which is, like, I don't know. That's... That's ultra nitpick territory, but it just it was a weird bit where it's like the cartoon logic and the, the real logic are like clashing in this scene in a way that doesn't feel motivated. Yeah. Uh, the uh, all the little like laser dart robots uh, come back together. Yeah. 
and formed the Corvette, and the Corvette, uh, like, lands in front of him, and she puts Ida and Hidomi in it, and it, like, transforms it to this, like, medical thing, which also looks very pretty cool. Yeah, 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 and she kind of, I think she implies these are, like, healing machines that she's put them in. Yeah. And Hidomi kind of wakes up, and, um, Ida is, like, in his upside down. Yeah. Uh... She kind of looks down at him, and he jokes that she looks awful, and starts just making stupid faces at him, at her. Yeah. And she, like, her eyes tear up, and she finally takes out the worksheet and gives it to him, and they both start laughing. Yeah. And I think Haruko, like, staggers up and makes some, says some line to Jinyu about how, like, Hidomi belongs to her and not Jinyu. Yeah. But that goes unresolved because the episode's over. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's the ED. <laughs> it's the ED, which is good. Yeah. <sighs> huh. <laughs> like, that, that, that... I feel like there's both, like, a lot to talk about in this, and, like, also... Yeah. Like, and it's a lot of times it's just like, yeah, I, I, I guess, I don't know. Right. I feel... This is, like, hitting in the dead center between how I felt about the first three episodes of the old show and the last three episodes of the old show. Yeah. It was like, first three episodes, I was very positive. This feels great. There's so much good character work. It, it's great to look at. Oh, this is... You know what? This is really shaping up to be something good. And then the last three episodes are just like, oh, fuck this. Fuck all of this. And this one just kind of, like, right in the middle where I'm like... Ah. Like, oh, that seems kind of cool, I guess. I like, oh, mm. that kind of sucks, I guess. Oh, that's kind of cool, I guess. That's, oh, that kind of sucks, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're going for something. But I'm not totally sure what. And, like, it's hard because my my first instinct is to say, yeah, the first show was just way better. Like, those first three episodes are just great, and, and this one's just bad compared to it. Yeah. But I'm also wondering, like, if I was watching that first show for the first time and trying to keep up with it, if I would feel that strongly about the quality of it, you know? I think I would. Like, maybe not as strongly, but more strongly than this. Uh-huh. Where it's just kind of, I don't know. It's, mm, I don't know. Yeah, it's just... <sighs> <sighs> All right, we're on the, the last episode, which is a stone skipping. Stone skipping. Uh, and yeah, we're getting another dream sequence with Hidomi, where it's like she's acting the same way that she uh, is was kind of acting in the last episode. She's very like excited and bubbly again, but this time it's not just the narration. Like she falls out of the sky and gets electrocuted, and like she's got like rosy cheeks, and she is just very animated and like excited because the world's ended and everyone's gonna get devoured today and then she starts feeling herself up yeah that mm. mm-hmm. she talks <laughs> about how she really just wants to tear her rib cage open for all her blood to come out yeah it like it started off with this line that I kind of liked uh huh uh, which was like oh like you know it's time for me and my friends to all like you know devour each other which obviously is like pulling back to like the the one from last time, right? And she goes, and by my friends, like the class, you know, classmates I barely talk to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I was like, oh, I kind of like that, like 
she doesn't have that many friends, actually. Right. Like, there was something, like, is the dream self, like, her uninhibited? Right, right. But also, like, we see so little of that that it's hard to tell. Yeah. And the dream as their dreams, like, are so bizarre. Yeah, well, something I'm wondering, too, now that I'm looking at this one... Because, like, what happens next is it starts raining tiny Jinyus that are, like, lecturing her for not heeding her warning. Yeah. I'm wondering if this is supposed to be... I don't think so, because it shows a cut of her waking up suddenly from the end of the dream. But I wonder if this was supposed to be, like, a flash-forward to the end and, like, this is what's happening in her head after what happens at the end of this episode happens. Maybe? I'm not sure. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, uh, but, the, yeah, the feeling up is... Way too well animated. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's that's what you spent your budget on, huh? Hmm. Huh. Hmm. That's a choice. But, like, as she's fondling herself, yeah, she's, like, saying, like, oh, I want this ripped open. I want this, like, eaten. I want this, like, torn apart. Yeah. Because that's what she's into the hardcore guru. <laughs> yep. I mean, that's not even a joke. She just is. Uh, and then, like, uh, a ton of water falls on her. I do like the tiny Jinyu's. I the think tiny Jinyu. Listen, Jinyu, good. Jinyu's great design. Seems to be a pretty fun character. Yeah. Seems to have gotten all of the parts of Har Har that are not a predator. Right. Um, but yeah, like, a whole bunch of water falls on her, and she's, like, just floating through water, and then she sees, like, fish hooks drop past her. And drag up a bunch of dead bodies from underneath of her up into yeah. a giant hand. That, like, crushes them. And she's so excited about this that her head starts inflating and she starts floating towards the hand. But then I think her head, like, pops and then she yeah. wakes up. Because, like, her head becomes so big that it is, like, the only thing that is a part of her, basically. Right. And then, yeah, she wakes up. Yeah. And it just cuts to the title card. Uh, my first note for past the tile cart is oh no a beach episode <laughs> <laughs> yeah understandable uh so they're all at the beach and there's like a bunch of tiny little medical mechanica factories or like irons in the uh water and then a big one on land yeah uh but it's like old and like moss covered and like clearly like defunct Yes. Uh, there's a bunch of... Uh, so, everyone is in swimsuits except Hidomi, who is, like, in t-shirts and, like, shorts. Yeah, I think... Oh, does he have shorts on? Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. I thought she just kind of had a long t-shirt, like, long button-up on over her swimsuit. Yeah, because we, we see the shorts very explicitly later. That's right, that's right. Okay. Uh, uh, all yeah. the... And all the boys are staring at Harha, who's wearing, like, a very revealing bikini. Right. Goro is wearing Crocs. Yeah, that seems right. Yeah. And also a bandana around his neck? Yeah. Alright. You know what? He's wearing... This guy's wearing a handkerchief around his neck and a headband. Yeah. Alright, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it's the high fashion. It's the high fashion. 
but so Haruko is trying to convince the boys to uh, rub suntan lotion on her. Uh, but then they remember that uh, Goro said that his girlfriend was going to come hang out with them. And like they don't believe that he has a girlfriend. Yeah, and, like, that is the entire reason why they went to the beach is to see his right. girlfriend. Right, so he panics and, like, leads them all up to the train station to go meet her. Yeah. So Haruko just looks over at Hidomi and says, like, alright, well, you'll have to do it then. But Jinyu kind of steps in the way. Yeah. And Haruko's like, alright, well, then you do it, Jinyu. Uh. And then we meet Goro's girlfriend. Yeah. Uh, Boy, was I worried. <laughs> yep. Uh, I know, it's just, this is where I got the, oh, geez, oh, good, oh, boy, oh, okay. She is, what, what's her name? Uh, Aiko. Aiko. Uh, she is very short. Yes. Uh, with hair almost all the way to the ground, like, with a bow in it, and she's very... Slender and has like a potted plant that she takes every with her. She's and, and she's, she speaks in a voice like this. She's like very shy and very uh, oh boy, oh they right. okay. Not clear how old she's supposed to be. No, but she's very clearly supposed to be like just a moe girl. Yes, and I was like, oh no, oh, yeah. oh, you went the wrong way, show. Not mm. Wanted less of this, not more. Uh, which Guru we'll, says we'll that circle she doesn't, back around to her. Yeah, <laughs> that she doesn't drink, swear, or sweat. Right? Can you believe it? It's we're at the beach and she's not even sweating. It's like the other two are just like, oh, okay. Yeah, uh, she explains that the plant is her emotional support plant. And yeah. uh, she's just extremely shy and embarrassed when Goro says, like, compliments her at all. And, like, hides behind the plant. Yeah. Yeah. And also, she's like, oh, this isn't just a fire pot. It was actually really expensive. Right. Yeah, she she does lay the groundwork now that this is a very expensive plant. Yes. <laughs> uh, and... They're kind of buying it. <laughs> yeah, I think they are, but I think they're also baffled by why this person that, like, walked out of a creepy anime likes their friend. Yeah. Uh, and so, uh, GDU puts a bunch of stuff on Haruha, which we find out that it is tanning oil. Yeah, it's just kind of a quick gag where instead of suntan lotion, it's tanning oil, and then, like, for one cut, Haruko just has super bronze skin. Yeah. And then like, it just bronze goes back. to the point of it being, like, gold. Right, bronze to the point where it literally looks like she's made of bronze. Yeah. And, uh, they are arguing about, like, hey, you need to stop doing this. You've, you've gotten what you wanted before, and it, like, didn't work out. You need to quit. And Haruko, who's still wearing like the the bang the yeah the bangle from last time, yeah, uh, is like nope, not gonna. But then she gets hit in the face with the volleyball from Aika, Aika or Aiko? Uh, Aiko, Aiko. Love that game for the PS2. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, there's a quick gag where she's like, you need, like, JD's like, you need to stop following us. And it's like clips of like horror, horror like first in the bushes and then like behind a pole. But the last one is just her like on uh, Hidomi's like balcony, like pressed up against <laughs> the glass. Yeah, that is that is a good frame. Good, good shot. And like uh, Hidomi the entire time is like either not caring or not noticing. Right. Uh, but yeah, then uh, Haruko just gets in on the volleyball game, like spikes the volleyball so hard that like sand is just kicked up everywhere. Yeah. Uh, uh, and she's just like throwing the balls at like super high speed. Right. And Hidomi is not playing. She's just kind of standing off to the side of Jinyu and asks her what Haruko's deal is. And this is where Jin, you kind of explain. She says, that one's the same as me. We both want the same thing. Uh, and she says, like, they, they used to be with somebody, and they would go all through the stars with them. But he was too good for me, and he abandoned me. Or something like that. Yeah. And she's... And like, it, the way she frames it as, like, oh, what do you want? Or, like, she's like, first, what, do, what does Har-Har want? And then, what do you want? And then... Jinyu asks, like, what do you want? Right, and she just, she says, I don't know, but then you get, like, a shot of her just staring at Ide. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, she wants Ide. Yeah. Or at least to beat up Ide. Yes. Or see Ide beat up. Yeah, she doesn't really care, she doesn't need to do it herself. Uh, and then there's, like, a quick montage of, like, oh, fun times. Yeah, they're having fun beach times. Marco gets some fucking air. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. He's like almost jumping over the net. Yeah. And it's like, uh, Aiko is, uh, like feeding Goro, and everyone's just kind of staring blankly at him. Right. They do like a watermelon breaking thing. Uh,. And Harha is burying Jinyu in the sand. Yeah, but you know what? There's been some reports that that sand's been mixed with quick drying concrete. (laughs) 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 She has a giant concrete mixer that she's mixing the sand with. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so instead of burying her in sand, she just kind of turns her into a concrete hot dog. Yeah. Uh, but they're talking about, like, the the hypnosis suppressant. Right. Uh, which is implied to be the headphones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think the boys are just kind of having fun while Aiko just sits with Hidomi for a little bit. And is like, oh, you're wearing a shirt. Like, aren't you going to go swimming? Uh-huh. And uh, she says, no, I, I'm not going to. Uh, why? I mean, you don't have a swimsuit either, aren't you? And Aiko just says, like, no, that wasn't part of our agreement this time. Yeah. And then everybody's like, what? 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 You know what? what? I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I can't bring myself to care about this. <laughs> right. That's that's a weird thing to say. Not actually interested. Uh, the boys are just, like, skipping rocks. It's starting to get late. and The, uh, the tide is coming up to, like... <laughs> right. And Jinyu is just lying there, un- unconcerned. Right. Jinyu's good. Jinyu's really good. Just give me a show of Jinyu and Conti. Yeah, just being buds. Yeah. 
uh, Goro is like skipping stones and is like, ah, oh, do you see the Ico? Like, look at me, I skipped it so well. And she's like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ide notices that Hidomi and Haruko have both suddenly gone missing. Yeah. And uh, they're about to run off and look for her. Ide goes off to look for her. But then Aiko says that it's getting late and she needs to be getting home. Yeah. So uh, Goro says that he'll walk her back to the train station. Yeah. At which point... I still don't know how I feel about everything, but I did kind of let out a sigh of relief. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about uh, what is happening here. But, but it is at least not what we thought, what we worried, was worried was happening. It, the show wasn't getting even creepier about sexualizing kids. Yes. It, because uh, what, what it is, is that Aiko is, she's basically an escort. She's doing fake dates. Yes, where she role plays as the moe girl of your dreams for a hefty fee. Yeah, and like... She changes from her very, like, cutesy moe voice to, like, Alright, I'll be charging you more for that now! Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She is very, like... Just like, alright, where's my money? Come on. Uh, and also, like, very much, like, shitting on him for thinking... For, for like, that being what he wants is a moe girl. Yeah. Uh, so he gives her an envelope of money, and she, like, counts it multiple times. Yeah. Which I think is a funny touch. Uh, and tells him to keep the plant, because this way, you know, she doesn't want people finding out that she's doing this. So, instead, it's just going to be that he bought this plant from her for a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, and it turns out Marco saw the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, and she, like, for one second when she, like, gives him the plant, uh, she, like, dips back into her Moe voice, which is like, oh, it's a present from you to me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ide is, like, running on the beach looking for Hidomi and just suddenly starts hearing Jinyu's voice, and he yeah. can't figure out where from. And she's giving a very fully coolie kind of monologue about, like, have you ever tried to draw fireworks? You, they're so beautiful when you see them in person, but you try to co- draw all the beautiful sparkles of color, but the only way to properly capture them is to use a dark pencil to color in the night sky, and then the, the lighter colors don't show up when you color on top, like, that kind of shit. Yeah, which... It, it, the, this is a lot of very fully coolie. Uh, monologues that people go on. Yeah. I feel like that was the one that hit closest, like, to, yeah. like, oh, like, that's of what the original series was kind of going for. Right. It reminded me a lot of, like, the... Maybe it's like, oh, day-old bread, or a panda yeah, with a yeah. mean face, or... <laughs> there is something to it, though, where it just... You know that they're deliberately trying to ape that style in a yeah. way that makes it even when it feels like they kind of do a good job of it, it feels less genuine. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, but he uh, eventually, like, runs and into the old medical mechanica plant. Um, yeah, but, like, he also realized that, like, oh, she was actually having fun when she was hanging out with us today. Right. And, like, that's important. And then, as he runs off, 
you see Jinyu covered still in this cement hot dog. Right, the, the tide recedes a little bit. Again, she was just under the water the whole time talking to him. Yeah. Uh, and, like, there's, like, a hermit crab on her, and she's like, oh, it's the first star. It's like a huge star goes by. Right. And then the tide comes back in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you see Goro and Marco on the beach, and Goro's just kind of like, all right, go ahead and laugh. And Marco just kind of does a nervous, not real life. He's like, <laughs> But then Goro immediately cuts him off and tells him to stop laughing. Yeah. And he's just very ashamed that of what happened. Yeah. Which is uh, like, man, I don't think Marco... Like, yeah. You didn't need to do this to impress Marco at the very least. Marco just seems like a nice boy. Yeah, Marco seems cool. Marco needs to find better friends. Yeah. Ones that won't leave him to be possibly coerced into sex work. Yeah. Uh. It's weird that this is, like, the first time we go into. Uh. Like, a medical mechanic building. It's just like, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, you, there, there's no, like, pomp and circumstance about it? Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, it looks like a hospital inside, kind of. Yeah. Uh, and he hears, again, what sounds like sex noises coming from, like, a door with light coming through it. For, through, like, the cracks. Yeah. And uh, he kind of looks inside, and... Th- Haruka- this is where the Garu... Uh, Marco thing happens. Yeah, it's kind of both things are sort of happening at the same time. Yeah. Uh, but, um, Haruko has, like, Hidomi tied up and is undressing her to yeah. reveal that she did have a swimsuit all along. She was thinking about swimming. Yeah. And she just didn't work up the nerve for it. Mm-hmm. Um... And she also has, like, a, something, like, over her mouth. Like, she is, like, fully... Yeah, yeah. Again, it's very, like, kink kind of stuff. Yes. Um, Haruko is in her nurse outfit from the old show. Uh-huh. Which weirdly, like, really makes it very stark how different this show looks. Yeah. Because it almost doesn't look like the same character. No. But, uh, Ide kind of freaks out. He gets, like, a little N.O. And, uh, a big old squishy green thing comes out of his head. Yeah. And Haruko seems disappointed that it came out of him instead of Hidomi. Yeah. Because, like, yeah. it seems that Ida can do it, but she wants to get it from Hidomi because Hidomi's, like, more... I guess more important for reasons we're not really sure of yet. Yeah, because of the weird shit with Hidomi. Yeah. Um, but Ide commands the thing that came out of his head to attack Haruko, and it's like, okay, sure. Yeah. You got it, pal. You're the boss. Well, we cut back to Marco Goro. Marco's now crying about how embarrassing it was. Yeah. About how painful it was. Right. And Goro's just like, you're, you're not making me feel better, buddy. Yeah. Uh, Aiko gets home, and the red-haired guy that kind of looks like Amarau from earlier is, like, her housemate. Yeah. And they, like, she walks in and he says, hey, do you know where that potted plant was that was in here? She goes, nope. And just leaves. Yeah. At which point, he 
this whole like living room transforms into something that looks a lot like the the immigration services like command room from the old show. Yeah. And he calls up the eye patch guy on his screen and tells him they have a problem because he can't find the potted plant. Yes. And that's all we get of that for now. Which is like, oh, okay. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, Haruko fights the green thing. Yeah, uh, Goro hits the potted plant so that it uh, gets, like, just hit far, far away. Yeah. Uh, I, th- I think it. I think it ends up hitting Ide in the face, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Hidomi gets sent flying during the fight at some point, and her face gets like mashed into Ide's chest, and she kind of accidentally yeah. kisses his bare chest, which makes her whole face go red, and she summons a giant ball of garbage out of her head. Yeah. That then absorbs both her and the medical mechanica plant. Yes. Oh, and then this is where the, the house plant suddenly smashes uh Ida in the face. Yeah. Maybe there's something to the point that like she only does garbage. Yeah, like she doesn't summon any like fully built robots, just junk. Yeah. Yeah. And like the robots are like made out of junk. Right. Yeah. I'm sure that's means something. Well, and it might just be that like the medical mechanica plants are junky, you know? Yeah, that's So, like, fair. there's no fully built stuff inside them for her to summon. Yeah. Um. But, I mean, like, even when she was, like, in the town, like, near one, but I guess that was in a junkyard. Maybe it's, and they'll probably explain it, maybe the idea is that, like, each person gets, like, synced up to a different plant. So maybe mm. Ide is synced up to the one in town, and she's synced up to this defunct one. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Ida lands, like, after getting hit by the plant, which lands, like, next to him. He lands in the uh, Corvette, and in the back seat is Jinyu, <laughs> who is just <laughs> fully encased still. Yeah, still in her concrete cocoon, but she finally, like, bursts her limbs out of it, at least. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, gives some speech that, like, calls back to the fireworks stuff. Uh, Haruko has taking control of the green monster thing that Ide summoned and is, like, riding it up to the garbage ball. Uh, they fight a little bit, like Harko and the Corvette do. Yeah. Uh... But I... Things happen, you know? They all land yeah. in the garbage. Uh, Ida does... He uses his guitar to swing. Mm-hmm. And, uh... It kind of knocks uh, to the point where you can see, uh, knocks some stuff away to the point where you can see Hidomi, who yeah. her like, earphones are connected to the garbage. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but Haruko is, like, they all land there, and Haruko starts talking or, about how, what's that? Actually, no, it doesn't actually, it just looked like that for a bit. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Uh... But Haruko starts talking about how Hidomi is clearly the Sundere type. Yeah. Which, again, I don't... She's not, and I'm assuming the joke is that she's not, and everyone just keeps saying that. Yeah, I guess that's the joke, but... Also, it could just be them trying to put characterization on her. Yeah. 
I, I don't know, I'm willing to give it enough benefit of the doubt that it's like, which feels like the real operative phrase of this entire show. Yeah. Uh, that the idea is supposed to be that, like, especially because they do the thing with the Moe girl in this episode, where it's just like, no, she's not, like, a type of anime girl. She's just a person. Don't be weird about it. Yeah. Like, she's just kind of quiet. You don't need to, you know... Make this a thing. Yeah. Uh... And... Like, uh, Hara is, like, doing that kind of weird, like, word association thing where she's like, Tundra, you know, like... Oh, and eventually lands on Sudari, and... Right. Eden just goes like, oh, shut up. Right, okay. So as far as the Haruko stuff... This scene bolsters my confidence a little bit that the show is going to be a little better about where it goes with Haruko because we're on episode three and Ide is completely done with her. Yeah. Like, completely recognizes that she's a bad person who's manipulating them. Yeah. Uh, She tries to, like, take off Hidomi's headphones and he, like, shoves her away. Well, she tries to hit her. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, And then... He's like, she's like, oh, take off the headphones, you know, he, her voice will be able to reach her. Yeah. And that he kind of falls for. Right, he does go back to falling for it. Um, So, like, she kind of, like, holds him from behind and, like, leads his hand to touch the headphones. But as soon as they do, the headphones start, like, freaking out. You get a graphic of them, like, turning into a padlock. Uh, and also, importantly, he, like, knocks her, uh, knocks Haruha away and then just does it himself. Right. Which... Yeah, yeah, he he doesn't let her, like, guide him to it. Yes. Which, again, like, okay, show. Yeah. Don't, please, <laughs> please don't go back on this moment. Yeah. I'm begging you. Yeah, but it turns into a padlock and then you see it, like, gr- drills go into her ears like in an x-ray yeah yeah like an x-ray vision of her skull with like drills boring into her head from the earphones yeah uh and then he can't get them to come off haruko shows back up and kind of like tries to yank them off really hard and they just will not come off which that seems bad (laughs) yeah Uh uh-huh uh and the whole like garbage mound just like drops into the ocean and the sun is, like, starting to come up. Yeah. Uh, and they just, they, they cannot get Hidomi to, like, come to. They can't get the headphones off. Uh, and they, like, Jinyu implies that, like, there's an emergency system that's been activated. Like, this is the emergency security on Hidomi, I guess. Yeah. And Haruko has to do something to, like, crack it. Yeah, and... As they're like, oh, you know, like what we are looking for, like, you know, like our old, like old enemy, like medical mechanica. Yeah, and that's where the episode ends. Yep, and that's that's where these episodes we watched end. It's I don't know how to feel yet. Yeah, that's that's really kind of the main thing is like I don't I don't know where this is going where it's and like that is part of like fully coolly like the first season when we watched it is we are already like 
we had memories of it to right like, get like kind of a vague sense of like oh this is the how it goes even though if we had forgotten a lot of like the parts that we ended up really not liking about it yeah and also but, forget a lot of the parts that we really liked about it right like even now that i have completely turned against where the main narrative arc of that show goes i still think episode two of fully coolie is a really well-made like a half hour of animation Yes. Um, like, there are parts of it that I can still praise, even if I think they add up to a really bad hole. Yeah. And right now, this just feels like, I don't know, it's a middle-of-the-road anime. Yeah. With, like, kind of all that implies. Kind of, yeah. And it's much more, like, directly serialized than the old show was. Like... Obviously, yeah. there was there was continuity through the episodes, and it was building a story. But this, like, it was also had an episodic feeling to it, where, like, there were plots to each episode and themes to each episode. Whereas this feels like one long story just split up across six episodes. Yeah. Um, like, we and, could yeah. investigate, like, oh, what does this episode mean for Mimimi, or what does this episode mean for Nina Mori? Yeah. And, and we like, can kind of do that with, like, Ida in the second episode, but, like, we right. talked about it. It's hard to take that super seriously and, like, what the show wants us to get out of it. Uh, like, are we supposed to feel sorry that this guy has, like, such a really fucked, like, life that he is, like, living in the shantytown and has to do this extremely hard job? Right, like, you look at, you know, I... I talked about a little bit before, but you look at Firestarter, and Mimimi definitely has comedic beats in that show. Like, all throughout it. Um, But the sequence in Firestarter that really elevates it is the bit where Nautis Caesar, from like a couple hundred feet away, having been beaten up by some like, classmates, and then it goes into like a really interestingly made montage where he really puts together like how awful her life is and the ways that she's been acting out to accommodate for that. Yeah. And by comparison, that junkyard scene isn't even close to as good. Yeah. And like, I feel like, yeah, like Marco is like, you know, if, if we are to extrapolate that, like Marco and, uh, Goro are kind of like the, like the, the those two friends, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I feel like they've gotten a bit more characterization, especially Goro at least. Yeah, definitely. Of kind of he's this kind of sad, desperate dude, right? Who, like, who's very into fashion. Yes, who like it? It take like you have to be in a bad place to hire someone to be your date. Right, yeah. And especially, like, that type of date. Well, especially because the goal wasn't... The goal was literally just to convince his friends that he has a girlfriend. Yeah. It wasn't for his own enjoyment. Right, which, like, still maybe says something, but, like, that's that's valid. There's people that do that. There's, you know, that's... there's That's not an inherently sad thing to do. No. But when you're doing it just to change other people's perception of you, that is inherently sad. Yes. Um. And, like, I don't know if 
Aiko comes back or not. I feel like she has to, right? And she probably has to, especially with knowing that her dad or something hurt. Yeah, like her housemate. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. That's why I use that word. I don't know what their relationship is. uh, Seems to be involved in whatever, like, the larger conspiracy or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Yeah, like, the the big thing is, like, what the fuck is Hidomi? Not just, like, what is her deal, but, like, what physically is she? Right, yeah. Uh, like, is she a robot, actually? Like, is she actually, like, gonna end up being a medical mechanica robot? That's kind of the vibe I'm getting. Yeah. Who is her dad? Because the way they were cagey about it almost implies maybe it's someone we know. Yeah. Is it Nauta? You know. Yeah. Or is it going to be end up that like she doesn't have a dad or like the dad delivered yeah. this robot to this lady. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which you're you're definitely right. It didn't really hit me just how kind of shallow Hidomi has been so far until you pointed it out. But yeah, like Nauta, even though he had a similar personality you totally understood, like, his psychology and, like, all the complex parts of his character by the end of the first episode of that show. Yes. Hidomi is literally just... She's quiet. She's kind of moody. Uh, she's very murder horny. Hmm. Um, it's about it. Yeah. And, like, you don't ever... You get to... It's weird because you get all these dream sequences with her that let you into her, like, head... But they never actually shade her in as a character. Yes, and, like, that's why I was wondering, like, if her, like, the super energetic version of her is, like, in some ways her, like, a truer self. Yeah, I think that's probably something to that, yeah. That, like, she's suppressing almost. Right, because, well, like, with this episode, it's the whole thing where, oh, she had a, she was not going to swim. She's just wearing a shirt, but, oh, plot twist, she had a swimming suit on the whole time, so, like... Part of her wanted to, like, swim and have fun, but she didn't. Like, yeah. she's, she's like, like, she can't get over her own inhibitions or something. Mm-hmm. And, and, like, like there was yeah. talk about, like, oh, the, she overcame the inhibitors or stuff like right, that. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, like, that, where the show may be going, but, like, I don't get the reason why she's being inhibited other than just exactly. there are inhibitors on her. Like... Everything that happened to Nauta in the original was part of... Well, not everything, but, like, a large part of it was, like, trying to say something about his emotional... Like, more relatable emotional uh, yeah. problems and hang-ups. Right, like, everything kind of fantastical in that show mapped pretty directly to something, like, normal in his life. Yes. And it was just, like, a big crazy, like, dramatization of it. Yes. And, like, it's hard to, like, say what that is for Hidomi, because, like, I don't feel like Hidomi has the relatable, I feel like she just has the crazy fantastical. Yeah, or she does have the relatable, but it's so, like, it's not, there's no depth to it. Yeah. Like, no, I don't think that she's getting this from her house like Nauda d- d- was. Like, 
Right, you don't get the sense that she has a shitty home life, like Nauta definitely did. Her mom seems nice. Yeah. Like, the cafe stuff is like, you could maybe do something with that, but they don't. They they imply it, and then they just move on. Mm-hmm. Like, you get the... Uh, she talks in one of her dreams about how she doesn't have friends. Uh, which... And, like, apparently she's only getting to just know Ida and through him, the other two guys. Uh, which could be something, but it is, right. like, so vaguely talked about that it's hard to... And she seems so unaffected by it. Yeah. That it's hard to, like, feel for it. It feels weirdly slow-paced, given how short this show is. Yes. Like, for the show, this season being halfway done, and these characters, from what I know, yeah, being halfway done, it feels like more should have happened. Definitely. Like, are we going to look back and go, like, oh, the... This episode, like, the third episode added nothing to this. Right, like, by the third episode of the old show, Nauta has, like, made decisions, changed as a person at least a little bit. Like, Mm. his relationships have developed and evolved. Hidomi has kind of the exact same character beats in every episode. Yes, and, like, that is, you were talking about formulaic earlier, like, a large part is because her reactions to everything are so formulaic. Right, she she gets, a like, an apocalyptic dream sequence, then she's moody and withdrawn for a while, then she gets murder horny, then something comes out of her head. Something comes out of her head, or something comes out of Ida's head, and there's a fight scene. And, like, two out of three times when something comes out of her head, she's not, like, she's not, like, an active participant in the fight scene. Yes. Like, a large part of her fight scenes are not, are, aren't her reacting to what's coming out of her head and how that, like, is weird and affects her like it was with Nauta. It is her then becoming either this weirdly powerful robot that fucks up instantly or just nothing. Right. And it, yeah, like... I want to like that character because I think she's got a cool design and yeah, she's the main character, but it's just hard to like her. I like the starting point they set up for her, but they haven't moved her past that yet. Yeah, and like maybe the last three episodes of this are all moving that character forward, but like... But I could, I could also imagine episode four being she's just in a coma the entire time while they try to unlock the headphones. Yes. And then maybe she wakes up for the climax and like finally does a cool action thing. Yeah. Uh, or I could also just see it being, and then episode five being apocalyptic dream, waking up kind of moody. <laughs> right. She gets murder horny. Or so I can see go- it like, oh, the headphones unlock, and she turns into a cool robot with no personality. And then, like, episode five, she's just like that. And then, like, eventually she turns back to normal. And and then we find yeah. out that she's actually a robot, and that's why her she doesn't have a personality or something. Right. Like, there's... There's ways... I don't want to say they could, like, save this, because no matter how good the next three episodes are, it doesn't change the fact that this first half is kind of bleh. Yeah. But, like, they could improve it, you know? And, but they yeah, like, could also just keep on trucking at the bleh, level at they're the at. the pace they're at. And, like, yeah. that's kind of one of the things that we talked about that we're, like, frustrated by. Yeah. Is that it's not like this is... It's not like these are the last three episodes of the last series. 
Yeah. Where this it was just like, oh, this is terrible. No, yeah, it's not on that level. It's just like, if I was the type of person to just, like, who, like, watched every new anime. Yeah. Uh, and, like, I know people in my friend group who are like that. Or just, like, I have a Crunchyroll subscription, I'm just gonna check out everything that they right. have. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I could see my, like... I could see that, like, there just being a lot of anime like this. There's just, like, yeah, there's some cool animation. Yeah, like, yeah. there's some cool visuals. Ah, there's some creepy stuff with underage people. Yeah, yeah that's, okay. that's the thing. You just kind of realize, yeah, if it weren't for the first show, if this was a new thing, I wouldn't care about it at all. Yeah. It's completely just riding the coattails of the old show. And it... The amount of stuff that they have from the first show, and amount of like lines they use from the first show, right? Like, in how those are supposed to be, like, oh yeah, like it's like watching a movie that's like a reboot or like a long yeah. sequel. Where it's like, oh, they said the line, right? Or it's like in a Marvel movie where it's like, oh, they connected to the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like. It- <sighs> This is a weird comparison, but the thing I keep thinking about is um, the Twin Peaks revival. Yeah. We're like, that's a continuation of the plot with some new characters, lots of old ones. They have a lot of callbacks to the old show, but like, it feels like it's doing, like, it feels like it's in dialogue with the old show in addition to also building a new thing. Yeah. This feels like it's just like scavenging the old show for cool stuff to lean on. Yes. And And it feels like parts of it want to have some kind of level of commentary on the old show. Like, the context in which she says nothing amazing happens here is very different from how Nauta says it. Yes. But then they don't go anywhere with it. No. And, like we said, like, the way people react to Haruko and, like, the way people like... The way it seems like we're meant to take Haruko are, is vastly different. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, even the fact that, like, Ida is pushing her away or that, like, her being this, like, kind of cool person is seen as, like, hypnotism. Right. Is different than... And, like, the person who is saying, don't listen to her, she's bad, is not treated as, like, this fucking loser. Right. Jinyu like is wa- cool in a way that Amuro wasn't. Yes. Like, in some ways, she's kind of cooler than Haruko. Yes. But, yeah, it's just, overall, it's this kind of, like, yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah, like, honestly, the most... Like, the old show was not about, like, the lore of that universe in the slightest. Yeah. But it did, like, drop hints and questions that made me curious about that stuff and like as far as it needed to to like serve the story it was telling um and to me like honestly the most interesting part of this to me would be like yeah i'm kind of curious about like the lore no i'll give me some lore why not and if that's if that's the best you got like mm -mm. no yeah like and judging from, like, that the last episode ends with, like, a Medica Mechanica. Right. Like, is, like, is that going to be the, the thrust of this? 
I would assume so. Yeah, like, and, and like, it, a thrust of it in a way that is different than, like, the first season. Right, well, they're very, like, enigmatic in the first season, and this time it feels like they're very much... One, like, it seems like they're setting up to actually explore what Medical Mechanica is. Yeah, which in the first season is just, like, implied of, like, oh, they're aliens, they're right. doing, like, weird robot stuff. They're literally just the bad guy from A Wrinkle in Time. Like, I get it. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's just... It's, it's fine, I guess. It's fine, like, that's why I just keep coming back to. yeah. Uh, I guess if we were, like, to talk about predictions... Yeah, okay. I guess I think that, like, we keep saying it, I still think that, uh, Hidomi is going to turn out to be some sort of medical mechanic creation. Right, Like yes. a robot. Yep. Uh, or, like, a artificial human in some way. Yeah. Uh, other than that, I, I'm guessing that Har, uh, Harha and... Jinyu will fuse at some point. Yep. Yeah. Uh, do you think that we'll see that robot from the first one again? Yeah. Like the, her think, first dream sequence? Yeah, because I think that'll be, like, her true final form. Like, I'm guessing that, like, the doll robot she turned into is, like, well, that's her first attempt, and, like, I think she's going to transform a few times, and, like, the last one she does will be that robot. Okay. Yeah, that... I could see that happening. And, like, it gets a little less junky every time. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if there was a scene at the end where she has transformed to that robot, and then, like, she does cool action thing, and then Ida, like, holds her hand, kind of like... Yeah. ...happened in the last one, and she, like, yep. all the robot parts fall from her, It's just and it's just her. Yep, that sounds right. I don't know if it'll be this show or Alternative. I feel like there is no way we're getting through both of these without some character from the old show, like, showing up with a guitar and getting, like, a cool, like, whoa, look at this, this person, they're an adult now, wow, look at them. Yeah. And I don't know if that'll be, like, Naota, or Nina Mori, or Mommy Me, it'll be somebody. Yeah. I, I know who I want the most out of that. Mamimi? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I could see Naota taking up the, I forgot his dude, the eyebrow dudes. Uh, Amarau. Yeah, it'd be yeah. interesting to see him, like, take that role. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that, like, he has been searching for Harha in this, like, now official position. Man, I hope they don't do that. I... I get why, because it is such, like, a fucking bummer that, like, oh, he has not moved forward at all. Right. But also, I would not... Like, if that's where that character ended up... From yeah. judging from where that show ended, right? I would not be surprised. Yeah, I wouldn't be either. It's just one of those things where, like, I'm trying, I feel like that's happened in other shows where it's like on the flat. Like the whole original arc was all about them not becoming that person, and then just flash forward. No, yep, they're that person. Well, yeah, bummer. And like sometimes that can work, and sometimes it just feels like you didn't have a different idea, did you? Yeah. Um. I, I can't even imagine what, like, grown-up Nauta would look like. Yeah. Just because so much of his, like, character is is a kid. Right. Which I guess would make it interesting to see him. Yeah. See, I almost don't want... I, I like Mamimi a lot. I almost don't want her to be the cool action star cameo 
that I'm talking about, because I want her to have just moved on with her life and, like, just to be having a nice life somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> I just, true. I just want her to be okay. Yeah. Make it like Nina Mori. Yeah, okay. With, like, an eye patch and a robot <laughs> arm. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think that the eye patch dude and the other dude are, like, part of the immigration service, or are they, like, on a weird offshoot? Uh, it's hard to say, because it definitely... It, like, is invoking that similar look. It's invoking that look, and at this point it's hard to know if that's to clue you in that that's who they are, or if it's a fake-out. Yeah, or if it is just relying on imagery from the last series to be like, yay. Yeah, right. Yeah. That guy looks a lot like Amaral. I guess, yeah, he doesn't have the eyebrows. But he also has, like, a baseball cap that, like, covers up his forehead with a shadow. Yeah, true. Like, I'm half expecting that baseball cap to come off and he's got the eyebrows on. Yeah, but also, like, the eyebrows were fake in-universe. Right. Uh, but also, he looks younger than Amaral? Yeah. So, I don't know. But, like, that's a weird... That, like, that's that's not a normal hair color. They picked that hair color on purpose. Yeah. Maybe it's his son. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, just see, like, an old Amaro, but he's got, he's still got the Nori eyebrows. Or maybe an old Amaro, but he's balding and has an eye patch. You Ooh. know? And he, I don't know. Yeah. Uh. Other than that, uh. Yeah, I don't really have anything else to go. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, like I said, it's. It might win me over enough to say, like, well, okay, it was way too slow of a start, but I liked where it ended up. Or it might just be, oh, boy, it really squandered any sense of promise it might have had at one point, and it didn't have a lot. Yeah. I have heard the general consensus is that this series kind of sucks, and the next one is pretty good. Yes. Uh, In searching for a screenshot, I found one that called Episode 5 The Good One. Okay. All right. Which gives me some hope for that, at least. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't look any closer into it. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. It... I'm interested to, I, I guess, to watch the next one, but I don't know if I'd watch it if we weren't doing a podcast. I I think at this point I'd be like, well, fuck it. It's, it's an hour. I Sure, I'm curious enough to look at it, but I'm not, like, excited. Yeah, yeah. Um, but other than that, Luke, where can people find you online? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at SSJ Speed Racer. You can find other shows I do on AudioEntropy.com, like Teenagers of Attitude, which I'm technically on enough to call one of mine, but, eh, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, totally Reprised, to do with you and our friend Molly. Uh, Let's Place, which is a video game podcast. Uh, I think those are the major ones right now. How about you, Ashley? Uh, you can find me at your brand with an underscore on Twitter and a dash on Tumblr. Uh, you can find also all the podcasts I do at audiotrippy.com and my articles and stuff at hyenacackle.com. Uh, and my Patreon at patreon.com slash Ashley Lee Minor. Heck yeah. Yeah, all right. Uh, I don't have a line for this show. Oh, right. Yeah. Because... Um... 
Hold on, we there's got to be a good one. We can think of one. Uh, there had to be one quotable line. <laughs> there had to be a no, single one. Nothing amazing ever happens here. Nothing amazing ever happens on this show. <laughs> I, f- I feel like that works because it's only just calling back to the last one. Right. Nothing also, am- nothing amazing happened on this show. Yeah, nothing amazing happened on this I- show. I wasn't amazed. <laughs>